Everyone, remain calm. Yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. And later there's running and screaming. Somebody talk to me, what is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 170th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, we're going to dive into some news regarding Iron Studios' new upcoming diorama, an incredible visual effects reel from Image Engine, People's Choice Awards featuring some Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom nominees, and some concept art from Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. After that, we're going to present our monthly Jurassic Mailbag with none other than Jennifer Tarek for the month of October. Somehow, we are already in the October edition of the Mailbag, time it just moves way too fast everybody you know as always we received a ton of voicemails and emails and also as always we gave a mixture of good answers some ramblings and certainly a few non-answers as well i mean you expect it by now right that's just how we roll. Just in case you want to be a part of the next mailbag, you can call our voicemail line at 732-825-7763. Email us some audio files or your questions at JurassicParkPod at gmail.com, or you can head to our contact page at JurassicParkPodcast.com to fill out our contact form. Even though you haven't heard this month's episode just yet, we're already collecting questions for the next mailbag. All right, before we get everything started off here, we have some stuff to cover from YouTube. So over last week on YouTube, we actually covered the gold 25th anniversary Jurassic Park uh, coin, which is actually from Smart Arts Gallery. And Tom Fishenden covered that. He uh, reviewed it, unboxed it, took a look at it. That thing is awesome. Make sure to go check out that video. I also took a look at the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom Target DVD. So if you got a different exclusive out there, whether you got the Walmart or Best Buy, if you want to see what that Target one is all about, I'll, I'll showcase everything in the video over on YouTube. So make sure to check that out. This week, we have a range of stuff coming for you. I actually picked up a new item from Mattel. Uh, new to me at least it's been out for a little while it's a protoceratops i am so glad to finally have this item and i unbox it over on our channel so make sure to check that out this week we'll also have the jurassic mailbag this episode that you're listening to up there this week and i hope to have the indominus rex bones a closer look at that item because i still have some more things to say about it so uh, make sure to go to our youtube subscribe like comment on all those videos share them around we do a lot of work over there and uh, it's kind of like our, our second outlet uh, next to this podcast itself. So I hope you enjoy everything that we're putting out over on YouTube. But all right, enough of all that. Why don't we get this episode started off with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world? Eighteen minutes and your company catches up on ten years of research. Access me, Access me, security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. But today, I guarantee it. 
All right, so first off here in the news, we have something really cool from Iron Studios. They're an awesome company um, that makes all kinds of dioramas, statues, stuff like that. And for Jurassic Park, they actually created the kitchen sequence, which features two velociraptors and Tim hiding behind the countertop there. This thing is so, so cool. You know, specifically between Iron Studios and Chronicle Collectibles, they've been kicking it out of the park. Kicking it? Um, Hitting it, let's say hitting it, hitting it out of the park with all their collectibles, the high-end collectibles. Now, this one is probably one of my favorite ones overall. I mean, you can't deny some of the the other stuff out there, but this one in particular, as far as the, uh, the image goes that they've produced so far, it looks fantastic. Um, You have just Tim hiding up against that counter, the two raptors, one on top of the the kitchen counter, and then another one like peeking around the corner with the ladle that fell on the ground. It is an exact replica of that scene from the movie. I'm going to go ahead and read a few stats of things you can expect from this item. Features. Limited edition. Based on original references from the movie. Made in polystone hand-painted, includes base display, includes kitchen appliances, includes two velociraptors and Tim Murphy. Product dimensions 11 inches high by 12.9 inches wide by 8.2 inches long. Product weight 7 pounds, MSRP US dollars $399.99. Release schedule third quarter of 2019. So there you have it at $399. That is honestly one of the more affordable items from these high-end collectibles usually they're they're way more than that they're in the six to like a thousand dollar range so somewhere in there so this is actually not too too bad it's kind of like mid-range because there are some that are a little cheaper um, but um, this is kind of mid-range there so I, I think it's actually decently affordable so if you want to find out more information about this item and check out the pre-order information head to the link in our show notes <laughs> Next up, we have an incredible visual effects reel from Image Engine, and uh, you can head to the link in our show notes to find the video, but also find a very well-written-up article all about the process of doing the visual imagery here, whether it's transforming the island, uh, working on Velociraptor Blue, or like the escape sequences on the island. There is so much that they worked on specifically and created some highly realistic images based off uh, everything in the movie. It's really, really incredible what they pulled off in this. And I think, personally, I think, um, you know, Fallen Kingdom has some of the best imagery when it comes to the, you know, the CG work. I think it's fantastic. And they they blended the awesome um, real-life material that was there, whether it is a physical location or an animatronic. They blended these items to make them, um, you know, more pleasing to the eye, more chaotic, uh, more visually stimulating. And I think they did a great job. So head to the link in our show notes and also find the video itself embedded in the show notes. So uh, make sure to check it out. It's awesome. You won't want to miss it. Next up here from E! Online, we have the People's Choice Awards. And Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom has, I think, uh, yeah, four total here nominees for different categories. So let's start off here with 
action movie of 2018. So Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is going up against Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, Deadpool 2, and Ocean's 8. Next up here, we have Male Movie Star of 2018 with Chris Hemsworth for Avengers Infinity War, Robert Downey Jr. for Infinity War, Chadwick Boseman for Black Panther, Nick Robinson for Love, Simon, and Chris Pratt for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Look, I mean, in this category alone, you have two Jurassic alums right there with Nick Robinson, uh, who played Zach. Yeah, that's it. Zach and uh, Chris Pratt. So that's awesome. Next up, we have female movie star of 2018, Scarlett Johansson for Infinity War, Sandra Bullock for Ocean's 8, Anne Hathaway for Ocean's 8, Lily James for Mamma Mia, and Bryce Dallas Howard for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And the last category here is for action movie star of 2018, Chris Hemsworth for Infinity War, Ryan Reynolds for Deadpool 2, Chadwick Boseman for Black Panther, Denai Guerrera for Black Panther, and Chris Pratt for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So what do you guys think? Does this uh, sound like a good lineup of uh, you know actors and movies here? Uh, who are you going to be voting for? Are you going to vote for Jurassic or do you have others in mind? If you head to the link in our show notes, you can find everything you need to vote on all these categories. Sunday, November 11th, this will premiere, so make sure to get your votes in before they expire. And lastly, here in the news, Jurassic Outpost put together a great article covering all the concept art and early designs for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Uh, They actually put uh, some images here from Christopher Brandstrom, which features some early designs for the Indoraptor, which is super, super creepy. I mean, the animal we got is certainly more, uh, I guess, more realistic, but this, this creature that they originally maybe uh you know concepted here it looks so creepy and so scary so deathly um we also have a lot of images of the uh the mosasaurus attacking a ship which is really cool and it kind of plays into my idea that i'm saying like hey let's get a spin-off with the mosasaurus that would be awesome i think this concept art could continue on let's use it and then we have some more concept art from another artist uh, I'm definitely going to butcher this name. I am so sorry. It's Jama Jurabeev. I, I don't know if that's correct, but there's some awesome initial concepts of the Indoraptor and a lot of the different dinosaurs throughout the movie. Uh, the uh, Baryonyx, you have the um, Allosaurus. Let's see. There's so much great stuff. A lot of the imagery that we've seen actually inside the movie, you know, the Indoraptor on top of the house with or the mansion. Uh, Brachiosaurus, you got uh, some Baryonyx here, and then those insane images that we've seen them before of like the Spinosaurus and a Gallimimus running, and uh, I think the T-Rex out there, and basically every dinosaur looks like it's like engulfed in flames, or has like, uh, essentially like lava bombs like bursting through them, it looks pretty intense Um, and then the intense imagery of the Brachiosaurus, there is so much great stuff going on here so if you want to, head to the link in our show notes to find Jurassic Outpost's awesome article oh there it is there it is Jurassic Mailbag Mailbag Jurassic Mailbag with Brad Jost and Jennifer Tarek. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Jurassic Mailbag. This time for October. How is it? How? 
It's October already? How is that possible? And of course, I'm joined by my co-host for this segment, Jennifer Tarek. How you doing, Jen? Hi, Brad and listeners. <laughs> Let me tell you what, it's October. I have my tea in my Jurassic mug. I have a cat on my lap and it's October. It is October. I have my coffee that is has been cold for hours now. <laughs> my um, tea's cold too. <laughs> yeah, some water. I'm watching Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom as we do. I think I've said that in like every recording recently since the movie came out on DVD. I'm like, I'm just going to pop it in every time I talk. So I might as well. There it is. At least I can You're refer just to it. watching it 24-7. Basically, yeah. I mean, it's probably pretty accurate. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, no. So it's a good who, film, you know. It's, it's all right. Who knows if anybody's going to reference it? I, I have a feeling people probably will. There's probably a decent chance. That so. tiny indie film that no one has seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we do have a lot of stuff to go through. As always, the mailbag is is always hectic, and uh, as unprepared as always, the two of us. So. Let's dive in here to our first MP3 from Gabby and Annabelle. Uh, If I can find it, here it is. (laughs) (laughs) Name's Gabby. And my name is Annabelle. We're from Jurassic Kids, and we want to know which raptor design is your favorite. And what's your favorite part in each movie? Oh. Okay, that was a Aww. that was a loaded question there. Yeah, thank you guys. That was that was fantastic. <laughs> All right, two big questions. Okay, so what is your favorite raptor design? Now, do they mean the whole franchise or I just think so. Jurassic World? I think the entire franchise. That's what I'm gonna go for. Um, my favorite design, um, I think it would have to be the Lost World. I think those ones are. Really cool. They, you know, they have the tiger stripes on them. They're super mean looking, uh, very scary. And yeah, design wise, I think they stand out. Even though the new ones look very cool as well with all the different designs, um, I do really love blue. But I think those Lost World Raptors really have a special place in my heart. Well, to that two part question, I have a two part answer to the first question. <laughs> and that two part answer would be. Um, back in the day, you know, pre lost world of my life, I probably would have said the Jurassic Park three Raptors because I do really like those Raptors a lot. They're still really, really high up there after post lost world. Did I say Jurassic? I'm going to say lost world post lost world life. Um, I really enjoy the lost world Raptors. So that, that's a rough one for me, but I really like the, the, the Jurassic Park three wrapped with like the, the the stuff on their head and they just look so good. So I, I'm gonna go with the Jurassic Park three Raptors is my favorite, but Lost Ooh. World's very close. Okay. Second half is shout out to Echo because that ra- Raptor never gets love at all. If you like watch the movie, it's never on screen. It like dies first. It's just sad. So oh, yeah, I was gonna ask you between those uh, Jurassic Park three Raptors because you didn't specify at first. So I'm like, mm, which one could it be? I think um, it was kind of obvious though, because yeah, that one's the definitely the more standout raptor, the uh, the male raptors, the the female raptors in Jurassic Park three are are probably my least favorite of all the raptors, I'd say. Yeah, I I mean, 
Jurassic World Raptors might be my least favorite. They're they're too okay. puffy. They're they're like they ate too much. They're just too, <laughs> too puffy. You know, but I think I it's I think it's only that one. There's only like one real shot where they look very thick to me, and then the rest of the time they look pretty natural. So I, but that one picture is pretty stand out, and I see it all the time. Yeah, maybe. They're just like missing some kind of dimension or shading or, or shadows or something to give them more 3D look. It's a mm-hmm. weird thing because there are 3D, they're, they're, they're CGI 3D, but it just, I don't know. The, those Jurassic Park 3s, yeah, the, the, the male Jurassic Park 3, I, I got a soft spot for that one. Yeah, they are pretty great. And then uh, what was the second part of that question was, what, what's your favorite part of any movie, I think? Oh, that's 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 a big one. <laughs> Pretty sure that's what it was, right? Yeah, I think it was. Favorite part of any movie of, well, of Jurassic, I would assume. Um, (laughs) I I love, I'm I'm so bad for me to say this all the time, but I love when Claire goes to get the T-Rex. That just kills me. That gets me. That's everything. You never get sick of it. It's you. Maybe people saw it coming. I didn't see it coming, so I was just kind of caught up in it. And I didn't watch a lot of promos, so I didn't know any of that was happening. So that always gets me. That's my that's my moment of any Jurassic film. I know Jurassic Park has epic things in it, but when Claire's going to get that T-Rex and you hear it coming and you see it coming out of the shadows and, oh, my gosh, that's that's my thing. Oh, it's so good. It is so, so good. That is, a, that is a fantastic moment. Um yeah. I think I might pick, and I feel like this might change any day of the week that you ask me. So today, um, I would say the final roar of the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. Um, Mm, When the banner is falling, yeah, it just threw the raptor, threw the the fossils there, and then just roars as the banner is falling. and, And the music, everything about that sequence is so iconic and so epic, and I just love it so much. Um, but like I said, I feel like any day of the week that you ask me, it might it might change because I think that's okay. I think it's okay to have maybe a different favorite scene, you know, depending on your mood or whatever like that. You know, because I could say the breakout is probably one of my favorites yeah. as well, or the opening scene of Fallen Kingdom, or, or you know, anything. Oh you could, my gosh, you could range that like was, all the movies. That you're right. That entrance to Fallen Kingdom was wow all sorts of wow yeah on the same standard as jurassic park anything in jurassic park i would say but yeah you know what if you asked me before jurassic world i would probably say the t-rex roar at the end of the first movie as well and then it goes into the the helicopter and the music starts playing and then they're flying on the water and then it goes into the credits that whole part is flawless it's epic yeah no it, it like ends on like i feel any movie that it, it goes from this triumphant moment to something so sad and somber. And, you know, you're watching John Hammond just, like, realize that his dream is lost and, and Grant's trying to take him back into the helicopter to get out of there. And then it, like, it picks it up a little bit, and it's a little bit happier, but it just ends on such, like, a quiet note, you know? It's so interesting that it ends on that kind of note. You know what I just noticed? This just shows it's an off day for me because the flea circus. What is wrong with me? Oh, oh yeah. I love the flea circus. <laughs> I love that so, so, so much. I love his dreams and his, oh, my gosh, his, uh, his vision is just so, so, like, sad and optimistic at the same time okay flea circus what am i doing right here i should know i should have i should have remembered that as well because (laughs) we talk about it all the time so um, i guess maybe because we do talk about it all the time it's always mentioned so we we shout out some new yeah some new ones (laughs) 
There you go. Oh, thank you so much, Gabby and Annabelle. Um, so let's move over here to an email. And and hey, we got a lot of emails this time, so I'm gonna try to do my best here. And we know that it's not my strength, but uh, <laughs> we'll see if we can do this. Uh, so this is an email from Marlo, and it says, "Hi, I love your podcast and listen to every podcast as soon as they come out. Ooh. I wanted to write to discuss the Therizinosaurus on Isla Nublar." I have only seen the movie once so far, but I have a good eye, and a, I pre-ordered the five-disc set. In the dino stampede scene, you can see for three to five seconds a Therizinosaurus. I did not see it in Lockwood Mansion, so I fear it is gone for. Or yeah, so I fear it is gone forever. I love the new film as it introduces a bunch of new dinosaurs that we haven't seen before. I have also been wondering if there is a possible Utah Raptor in the next film, as it's a big. Oh, here we go. As it is as big as the original pre-production Raptors, but they were scrapped because of realism issues. Also, I think Dr. Wu is dead because of one of the soldiers faced uh, blue while the other ones dragged Wu away, only to appear 10 seconds later with a submachine gun. He couldn't have possibly been dragged far enough. I believe he was killed or at least fatally wounded in the explosion. Nah. That's, that's the end. Okay. So yeah, um, I would say as Dr. Wu right there, he's fine. Like he he they just took him away. And I don't know if it was the same person or not. I feel like maybe it was somebody else, but I can't really confirm that at this moment or not. Um but I you're think probably he's, watching he's the alive. movie right now. You're like watching the part as it happens. I am at the amazing choreography of of uh, the the library sequence or you know the uh the the museum sequence here. I know you love uh, that where they kind of mills and and Claire kind of switch places a lot, um, but no. You mean the wonder you're watching the ballet right now? Yes. I'll, so I'll let you guys know in two hours at the end of this episode what <laughs> happens. Because we'll still okay? be here. We'll still be here. Yeah. Um, and then let's see what else we have. Therizinosaurus. Now I don't think there's a Therizinosaurus in the movie. Um, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> okay, so it's it's kind of like what one of the dinosaurs that the Indominus Rex was based off of. It kind of has like a similar stature, I guess, uh, sort of. I don't know. But it has giant like claw-like hand things and, and arms. So I guess that kind of is where the Indominus got the, the, like, the long arms and stuff from. So um, there's that. But I honestly don't think that the Therizinosaurus is in the stampede scene or on the island at all. Um, pretty sure. But who knows? Um, I didn't see it. I guess you'd kind of have to run through it like scene by scene or shot by shot. But um, I don't know. I don't think it's there. Can you hear my cat meowing? Oh, yeah. Oh. It sounds so cute. <laughs> That's Smokey. She's eight weeks old. She's a little baby. Hey, Smokey. Yeah. Sorry, she's she'll she might be vocal. She uh, wants know. to talk too. She loves Jurassic. She wants to be a she's co-host. A big fan. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, she's a big fan. She is a. I mean, she's on a Jurassic blanket right now, and like, she's a big fan. Bring her excited. up, right? You know, that's all you can do. <laughs> <laughs> she. I know that's how you raise them. She just yeah. loves Jurassic. She says that Claire's her favorite. She was trained that way. <laughs> anyway, I thought I heard what that. We're um let's there's there's a question or uh, i'm wondering about possible utah raptor in the next film um that would be awesome i mean more realistic raptors would be cool um not even when i say realistic i don't mean the ones from the first you know two or three movies um i mean like actual 
feathered raptors or, you know, the, the Utah raptors or something like that because we know that the raptors in the first movie are not realistic. Um, but something along those lines would be pretty awesome. I think people would actually love that because that's something that they're always talking about. And that's stuff that goes over my head. I never know, but I hear it all the time. So if I'm hearing it all the time, it's probably a good thing to put in, make people happy with that. Definitely. Yeah, I think so. Well, let's move on here. We got a lot. So thank you, Marlo. Uh, This is a voicemail from Travis. Oh, no, this is going to be interesting, huh? (laughs) Hey, Brent and Jen. This is Travis Stevens of Travis Stevens Nerd Crafts. Um, you've been knocking it out of the park. I'm loving everything I'm hearing. Last time I asked you a question, I embarrassed myself. Um, <laughs> I do maintain that I believe Malcolm was making Brenner in that frying pan. Uh, so I think it's very logical to see. That. Anyway, that's not the point. I have a question for you today. I was watching Jurassic Park, and, you know, John, John talks about the target audience being children, and you see, you see Alan Grant. And he just gets this look. He's like, you didn't tell me there were going to be kids at this park. Because we know how Alan Grant feels about kids at the beginning of the movie. My question is, do you think if Alan Grant knew kids were going to show up on this island, he would have definitely not gone? (laughs) I don't know. What do you think? All right. Have a great day. Bye. Well, I have like an... A different take on that like i didn't think of it as him not liking the kids i took it as kids shouldn't be at the beginning of a possible of a park that's not really established like it's not safe for them was my first thought but yeah i don't know Am that's I wrong no i think i think you're right i think that's basically what his look was because yeah he, travis is right he did kind of have like an eye rolly moment where he's just like oh really like this is what we're gonna have to deal with i i kind of feel like he almost thought like like, I don't want to deal with this personally. Like, I don't want this to be a thing that's happening to me right now. I was having a good time. And then you're going to go ahead and bring kids here. Um, but I do think it plays into the fact that, like, this is not a good idea because he already has issues with it, you know. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, he just thinks it's probably a bad idea. I don't think I don't think he would have chose not to go. Do you? No. Well, uh, no. No. Well, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Let me think back now. I don't know. I mean, he went for the money in a way. Like he's always going I for the money. Know. So I know. So <laughs> it's like, what's his integrity now? Yeah. He has to none. rethink everything. <laughs> think my entire childhood now. I have. I'm having like a, a moment. But you know, I don't know. I don't know if the kids would have affected the money affected him. Like if yeah. they would have said no money, then he wouldn't have went. But yeah, because I think he, that's the way to say. <laughs> it's terrible, but it's so true because that's the only thing that gets his mind to click is like, oh, there's money involved. That's exactly what happened in Jurassic Park three. You know, like, yeah. so if, if he if he comes back in the next <laughs> Jurassic World three, <laughs> there there has to be some sort of money involved. <laughs> that would just make him look be... terrible. He's like, no, I don't. I, I love dinosaurs, but I don't want to see them in person. I want you to fund my bone yeah. digging. <laughs> I don't know. Let's let's take it from the beginning. So, like, he complained a lot, you know, on that hill in Montana. You know, like, oh, you want to have one of those? They're noisy. They're messy. They're expensive. They smell. Um, so, and and yes, he really, he really like kind of you know lashed out. Uh, I guess no pun intended at that kid in the, at the uh, dig site. But at the mm-hmm. same time, the kid was allowed at the dig site and he didn't choose to not be there. So I think, 
he he would have been fine if they had said like oh there may be kids coming he's like oh great <laughs> he's oh. probably like kids have no place with dinosaurs well they don't know what they're doing even at, yeah but and, and even in the beginning he had no clue what he was about to go do too so that is a good point like if he had known like i'm gonna take you to a place there's gonna be kids there i'm not gonna tell you what the place is but there's money involved and there's gonna be kids <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's Gotta like see oh, the money no part. <laughs> hmm I don't know. I, I could actually, I can maybe now see him contemplating, like for sure, like, do I want this, uh, you know, whatever, uh, fifty thousand a year for a further, further three years, uh, or whatever. Right. Um, so I don't know. I just think I think he would have been fine. He would have sucked it up, and he would have been a trooper, went through the park. Uh, obviously, he did, and he and he came around, and we needed that, you know. Yeah, it was it was good. Uh, thanks, Travis. Let's move on here to a website submission from Nicola. Uh, Nicola. 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 That's it. I guess. Sorry, I suck at naming <laughs> things or saying names. <laughs> um, and it's it starts off here. Hello, my name is Nikki. Oh, there you go. That's a lot better. I should have just there read. The, I should have just read the message. <laughs> uh. Wow, great. See, this is this is this proves right here that I do not read these in advance. So <laughs> this is a spontaneous thing. See, we should do a live broadcast one day and it'd be completely live. Let's I mean, I've been considering it. So if you guys are out there and you want this live on YouTube per se, um should we do it? Would that be something that you're interested in that we can answer your questions live as it's happening? Um, I think you guys would be inter- in, uh, interested in it. I mean, it would be the exact same thing on our part because we're basically act like it's live anyway. <laughs> just none of it's really gets edited out. So no, no, no. Yeah, it's just somehow, how we are. <laughs> somehow, Nikki just shot this right into my notes. It's live. It's happening right now, and uh, I'm not going to go back and edit it, edit me sounding like a fool because then I'd have to take cut the entire episode. You know, <laughs> just 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 throw it in the trash. All right. So, hello, my name is Nikki, and I am a huge (laughs) Jurassic fan ever since I was 12 in 1993 when the first movie came out. I just wanted to say I think uh, thank you for the podcast. They are amazing, and they help me uh, through the good and bad days. I have autism, so I get stressed a lot, and your podcasts help uh, along with the movies, of course. It's nice to have a group of people that love what I love. I have not read the Claire book yet. I am saving up for it, so I had to skip that podcast. I also love the mailbag time, hearing from fans all over, and and keep up the good work. Big fan, Nikki. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Nikki. That, that was great to hear. Uh, you know, sometimes it's good. To, we don't even have to answer a question, but like, so it's, thanks. Uh, what am I trying to say? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes, I was going to say that Bryce was, also, Bryce was also 12 when Jurassic Park came out. So Oh, wow. That's good timing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sometimes I get sidetracked and forget exactly what I was going to say. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad that these podcasts, you know, can help you through things because, you know, every day can't be good. So I'm glad that, you know, you put the podcast on and, you know, it brings special feelings about the the movies and everything like that. And I, I, that's, that's what I'm trying to do here is, you know, to just make everybody enjoy, you know, what they're what they're watching and what they're listening to. You're providing a public service. 
Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. Doing um, a good job. Yeah, I guess I guess it's working. Um now Nikki has not read the Claire book yet. Um oh. and it's, you know, you had to skip that episode. That's fine. You know, you can't listen to every one of them and we don't want to spoil things, that's for sure. So, um you know, as soon as you get that Claire book, let us know cuz I want to know what you think, you know. Yeah, it's it's great. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I enjoy it. I was thinking about like revisiting it sometime soon. Uh just to kind of refresh my memory and everything and just go through it all once again. I really enjoyed that thing. Yeah, I was going to just the other day I was thinking, man, how lucky are we that we got that book? And, and I was just kind of looking back on in retrospect of the whole process of all the toys and looking out for the trailers and just the whole thing that we've been through. Cause it's over officially over the DVDs out. Everything's done. And I was just kind of thinking back a little bit. And I'm like, wow, the Funkos and the book and, and the Barbies, just everything that we got. And it, that was something. That was a ride. <laughs> it really was. It was too much, to be honest. I know. It was tough. Like, yes. You know, like, and, and the thing about being stressed and and uh, the good and the bad days, like, I think we have them here. And especially when it was, like, so over, like, so much, like, overabundance of, of stuff at one time. Made for a really like stressful uh, time with podcasting and running a yeah. website and, and tweeting about yeah. it and doing all that stuff. So um, it is definitely nice to kind of have some downtime, you know, and uh, just talk about it more relaxed and just have fun with it now. So that's why I think like revisiting uh, the evolution of Claire is, is a good thing because instead of rushing through it because I had to – interview Tess Sharp and 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 do all that and just learn you have to you have to like get all the knowledge in your head at once and yes, it's like and it's so sucks. difficult you know I hate that that's one thing you're exactly right I hate that so much because I don't get to enjoy hardly anything that I post because I'm too busy going through it capping it really fast like even the bonus features and all of those things I didn't really get to watch I just watched via capping because I had to get the caps out you know and then the interviews that come out I didn't barely watch any of them because I always had to get the next ones up and the next videos up and all these updates and by then I can't really sit and enjoy any of it because it's already kind of flashed by but I don't know yeah same yeah I hate I, that part I, I, I hate know. that part I know I had a tough time in uh, June. Yeah, that's when the movie came out, right? Um, June was just tough, you know? Like, it was so difficult and so stressful. And, yeah, I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I could have, which is a a shame. (laughs) When I had had my breakdown the last week of May, I believe it was the last week of May, like, they were in their second city on press tour, I think, or they may have been in London that week. It was the middle of the traveling press tour, and... Last week of May is when I kind of had my my moment of just crying constantly and just stressed. But then once June came, I, w- I was traveling a lot and was able to chill some. But man, that last week of May and first week of June was was my rough period. I don't want to go through that again. I know. But yet I will in three years, of course, because why? Well, what yeah. Am I doing? Well, at least you know I think Jurassic World was a bit different for both of us because we were we're like sort of on the same trajectory when it comes to like starting everything and running everything. So we didn't really have a good sense back then, but now we're so much more involved with a lot of stuff that it was much more overwhelming this time. Plus, there was just a, like a bigger wealth of stuff, like I said. Um, so I think we we have to learn from like everything that happened this month or this past, you know cycle and do something differently maybe next time you know change it up you know what 
the stuff technology is changing all the time. Now you have those Instagram live videos, you have Facebook live videos, you have all these people putting social media up on every which direction. And I'm like, whoa, this wasn't all here before. <laughs> like there's those Instagram stories and all this stuff. And I'm just, just too much stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And as one person, you know, I mean, uh, I, there, we have a huge team of people, you know, on our side here with the podcast and, you know, everybody does a great job helping out. But as like one person who, who essentially runs the show, it's certainly yeah. stressful. Same for you. Um, yeah. So it's just, man, we got to figure out a way to streamline things and make things a little bit more enjoyable next time. I mean, I got six people with me, but they're just kind of one dude does Facebook and then the rest just kind of find stuff for me. And even then it's like they have to go to school. They got to go to work. They got to do that. And they can't all be around all the time. And it's still me doing the site and all of that. I'm, I don't know where this podcast is going. This is a therapy session, but yeah, I know what you mean. It's it, you've got to do it yourself at some point and it has to be all on you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, so, wow. where so did, where, how did we get here? This well, is the day. I think it's good because, you know, people use our podcast as a, a source of, you know, stress relief. So sometimes we got to as well. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's move on here to a voicemail from Kyriakos. Uh, actually, two. So we're going to let this slide here. So, so I'm going to let you uh, play two. So let's take a listen. Hi, Jurassic Park Podcast. This is Kyriakos Vilchez. I uh, just had a few thoughts on um, the recent survey you took on Twitter, uh, considering if um, Blue was a character or a dinosaur. Um, I have a, I have quite a few thoughts on this uh, this one here because um, I actually well, for, my first point um, would be that. Uh, I think raptors in the Jurassic Park franchise, uh, in terms of, um, Brad, I know Brad, you're really big on, um, indicating that you'd like to see raptors act more like animals as opposed to monsters. And I think you believe the best representation has been, has been in Jurassic Park 3, which I also agree with. I think we saw a great deal of, uh, animalistic qualities to raptors in the third Jurassic Park film. Oh, yeah. Um, I also think, however, that I, Raptors have been portrayed evenly throughout the first three Jurassic films. In the first one, they were primarily a monsterish component to the film itself. You know, these two raptors are trying to get Alan and the gang and the kids in the kitchen and, you know, trying to get our heroes at the very end of the film before losing to the T-Rex. Uh, in The Lost World, they were actually more of a plot device. I didn't really see them have as much prominence as they did in the first film. Second film, they were more of, uh, okay, we're going to use them this way because we need to kind of tie up the final climactic scenes on Isla Sorna. Uh, the third film, of course, where Billy takes their eggs and they're looking for their eggs. Um, now, in terms of Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom, I think that Blue actually had a better representation of all three. Um, and let me explain for a moment. Uh, Blue showed a lot of the monster-like qualities. Okay, she would go after anybody that she didn't trust. She was particularly vicious at certain points throughout the film. Um, she was also a plot device. Blue was used in many ways to move the film forward. And the third component was that Blue was actually very animalistic. She responded to Owen's commands. She had a... An, 
a very animal-like curiosity. I mean, she embodied what a real, living, breathing dinosaur would be. Um, so in, in my humblest opinion, I believe Blue, yes, is a character, but she's also a dinosaur, and I think that fits well. I think we, Blue is the perfect balance of the raptor that we've seen thus far. Um, uh, as a secondary note, I just want to mention uh, in terms of, uh, Brad, you actually mentioned that uh, in terms of, I think you were using dogs as a metaphor, or, or not a metaphor, excuse me, but you're using dogs as an example of how a person. Oh, I guess he uh, he cut off there. <laughs> Let's see uh, how he finishes this one off. Um, so sorry, me again. This is part two. Um, the um, what was this? I'm sorry. Sec- uh, my my second and last. I'm sorry. Dogs as a metaphor. Comment to my, my main point here. Um, <laughs> he actually, uh, there, there's actually a um, there's an interview with uh, Jack Horner, who was the uh, paleontological consultant on the the Jurassic films. Um, the actual person that the character of Alan Grant was based on, and he actually said, "This is a that's a, a, a very well made point that you made, Brad. That you know you believe that raptors can actually be trained, kind of like dogs." Um, now, in this circumstance, these are genetically engineered dinosaurs. Now, in actuality, there's a lot of science behind the ability to train a raptor uh, species, a theropod species. Um, even though the raptor in the films is based more on the Deinonychus and not, you know, the physical, not really representing the physical traits of the true Velociraptor, the um, the ability to actually train a dinosaur is there scientifically. Um, we can actually look at modern-day examples of dinosaurs, their descendants, birds. And Jack Horner actually brought up a fantastic point that it's not too far off that Owen Grady in the films can train Blue just as much as a raptor trainer for hawks or other birds of prey can train their birds to follow commands, to fly on command, to respond to stimuli in their environment. So there's a lot of scientific basis behind that. And I find that the movie isn't, dabbling in fantasy um in a way that people think you know that oh you know here's some guy from the navy training dinosaurs to do his bidding no it's actually more rooted in science because birds are descendants of dinosaurs so therefore why couldn't you train a dinosaur simple um anyway that would be my final point i look forward to the next mailbag thank you and you guys have a good one that was great. That was like so much more eloquent than I could put any any points. Even though I feel like he 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 said like you know like you say like you say, uh, but if, it sounded a lot better coming from him. <laughs> yes, I feel like we had a third guest for a moment. That's nice. Um, wait, what was the qu- oh? All right, we- so l- let me start off here because I had thrown that out there recently. This is the thing that kicked off his his voicemail here. Um, I had asked like. Is Blue a character or a dinosaur or just like a dinosaur? You know, there's nothing special about her. Is she a character alongside Grant, Ellie, you know, everybody, Claire, Owen? Is she in the same realm as those kinds of characters? Um, are you asking me at the moment? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, um, no, no. What? And when she okay. – let me – let me, let me... – <laughs> And when she is, I don't like it. So okay. let me go back a little bit here. I like the raptors from the first movie. I like the raptors from the second movie. Not that they're like 
stupid or can't follow orders or anything. They just are pure, vicious animals. And they don't kill just to kill. They kill because that's just instinct and that's just what they do. And I really like that about raptors a lot. And I was not on the train of happiness whenever the first Jurassic World got announced about, oh, we're going to train raptors in this movie. Like, that... I don't know. It was uneasy for me. I'm like, well, we'll see how it goes. And it, it was okay in that Jurassic World. I was like, all right, they're still kind of acting like animals. They're not really listening to him all the way. And then at the end there, we they're kind of communicating a little bit. I'm like, all right, I'll give him a pass. Now in Fallen Kingdom, Blue is, is his dog. And I don't like that. And I don't know. I mean, the way that they're doing it at this point, I guess, yeah, he's Blue's a character, but I don't like that Blue's a character in that way. I just wish it was more more of an animal and less of a dog. I'm not a fan of Blue the dog at all. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and I'm fair. the oddball because I know everyone loves Baby Blue. Everyone loves Blue. I, I get it makes sense because they did say that her DNA is different, so she'd act differently than other raptors. So at least they, I'll give them credit there. But I still don't really like that plot piece. But, um, yeah, I know... I know a lot of people love blue and and everything like that. So I'm probably going to get hate mail at Jennifer underscore Lynn 89 at Yahoo. Send your hate mail there. <laughs> not, not to Brad. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. So even even with, you know, his his great theories there about uh, or even talking about Jack Horner and and the trainability of birds and stuff like that that doesn't really help you out seeing it as a more animalistic creature even though it does have those like uh i don't just, know I... just the way that raptors are though that we've seen i guess these are a little different because they were raised right and they were trained when they were little and maybe maybe that's a little different but i don't know i don't like seeing raptors following orders to be honest without at least a little bit of hesitancy or just some instinct still there but and we had that in Jurassic World like there was they followed others orders but they still had that little bit of aggression like mm -hmm. they're still going to attack Owen at the gate like they're still going to do that here I mean they're they're best friends and they're going on adventures together and they're saving each other and that's weird to me I don't know yeah I can understand that I can understand how it, you know not you know float your boat I guess not be your thing. Um, I I love it, and I I think it works well with, like he was saying, like the trainability of animals and stuff. I remember I had a bird who would literally talk, and it would just say everything that I had said, and I was just my mind was blown. I was like, <laughs> what is even going on here? And then like you watch those like um, like specifically there's that bird show in in uh, Animal Kingdom where they like you know, fly around, they listen to commands and you're like, what? Like, how, how does, how do they do that? I don't know. So birds in general blow me away. And even if you don't just compare it to a dog, like, you know, birds are, are fantastic just as well with training and all that. So I, I'm, I, I'm accepting of it, I guess, more so than a lot of people. I let things slide, um, a lot more easily, I guess, but, um, it works for me. I think a lot of people, agree with you though i think more people would agree. Uh, what happened to your poll what, what did your poll say my poll that said out? that blue was definitely a character okay um, yeah i think it was like 70 something percent or something like that um but well, but party at, of one you know i'm party of one on everything <laughs> but actually there was like i always when i do my polls i actually always like miss out on on like a third option or something else because 
Um, I just didn't even think about it. I, I literally am, am wondering yes or no. I'm not thinking about the in-between, which is you, essentially, right? Like, you're kind of in-between. You're saying, like, yeah, she is a character, but I don't like it. Like so, yes, so that's I, like an in-between answer, you know, like so it, it, say, for instance, like you had voted, but you were you're a little bit more angry towards Jurassic World in general. You hated it, you know? No. So what? just for instance, for in, oh. you don't have to be yourself. Pretend you're some random person. I, this is hard to okay? act. I'm not an actor. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine you click. What's my motivation? <laughs> I don't, well, you hate the movies. So okay. you also despise the fact that Blue is a a character but you know she is so you click no she's a dinosaur so i wonder i wonder how many people did that out of spite and voted no when they when they knew that she's a character like you know or at least you said partially um but i wonder how many people voted in that realm when they believe she's a character but just don't like it Here's the thing with that. In Jurassic World, I would have said, no, she's not a character. In Fallen Kingdom, I would say, yes, yeah, she's a character, but I don't like it. So it's different for me between the two movies as well. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting point. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I looked at it that way, like from Jurassic World's standpoint. Um, I, I think I still probably would have picked yes, like she is a character. I think it's on the bubble. I think you can get away with either way. It, yeah, yeah. In Jurassic World, definitely more so in Jurassic World, less so yeah. in Fallen Kingdom, um, yeah. but mostly because of like the fact that she has a name and she has uh, interactions at the end of the movie. I, if it wasn't for like the end where they kind of like almost talked to each other in a way, yes, um, exactly. It would have been it would have been an easy no. I think. Exactly, which is why I didn't hate that whole thing and until and, and that movie because it was just at that one part at the end. I'm, I was like, well, okay, I can overlook that. It's just a minor technicality. It's fine. But then they took only that. It's like what they did with Claire. They took all the parts I did not yeah. like about Jurassic World and just <laughs> elevated them in Fallen Kingdom. They took the one moment of Claire being like not business Claire and then they made her into this thing mm. and then they took the part of blue that I didn't like and made that into a big part of the movie I'm, what are they doing yeah <laughs> all the parts I didn't like and- I was thinking about that with blue as well because in in Jurassic World like you had just mentioned she tried to attack at, at the at the fence you know they like that they would have killed that that um raptor handler that fell in for sure yeah um and would have attacked Owen, it seemed like. And then yeah. even later on, they, they, they turned their backs on the on the Alpha and essentially went crazy on all the humans there. Killed a bunch of InGen workers. Nearly killed Barry and Andy. Well, sort of Owen, I guess. I, don't, I forget where he was at that moment. but um, And then they chased down Claire and, and the kids in the, in the truck there. So there was yeah. a lot of viciousness to, towards them. And that doesn't necessarily show in Fallen Kingdom, so it's it, it is a disconnect in that sense because now they're saying that like she's the most intelligent creature next to humans. Um, so it's it's interesting. I'm, I'm I'm tossed like you are with Claire, but not as much because I I can let it slide. It, you know, with a dinosaur, I think versus Let me a just human. Say another piece really quick. That. Go ahead irks me and I don't know if this is true or not but I'm just gonna say it so in the in the lab whenever Zia opens the um, cage and lets Blue out to 
eat the other guys mm-hmm. so they can escape. I don't think Blue would naturally attack her or Franklin. And that bothers me because it's like Blue is being selective of what like it, it knows it's like a good person. So it's only going to attack the bad people. And, and it, it I don't know. That's bothering me because I feel like in the Jurassic World, Blue would have attacked the if she turned her back like they would have done that. And if Owen wasn't in the room, yeah, he would have. She would have just went after everybody. See, and I like that. I miss that. Yeah, I think that might be a special circumstance, though, because Zia literally saved her life, and I think she would maybe understand. And I know that's not something <sighs> you probably want to hear. But she's never seen this. I guess she did see this person because she, yeah, hmm. you know, like they, I don't know. She, she she worked directly on her with. Owen right there mm-hmm. next to her so she can sense a comfort level with that human. That's what I'm taking it as because Owen was standing right there. Owen didn't feel threatened. So I think I think Blue would understand that like it's okay. It's safe. Plus they were behind the fence and if you look at the sequence there really wasn't a lot of chance for Blue to even attack them. Um, yeah, I know. They were going to so the table fast. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and there was multiple um mercenary characters there so i don't really think they would have even been attacked if it happened and um who was it i think um somebody else had said something about that wasn't somebody else um oh yeah yeah yeah. when dr wu is is dragged out that was uh marlo um yeah Mm -hmm. it all happens in like 10 seconds it's it's such a quick sequence um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think Blue's a character and uh yeah, that's what I'm sticking with. Now I think and I'm thinking going forward she'll be a big character as well. I think so. I yeah. I guess. I don't know. It's so it's so difficult because I'm still torn. I just don't know what they're gonna do with Blue from here on out, you know? I don't I know. have no idea what they're doing with anybody from here on out. I have no idea where they're going. I wasn't <laughs> expecting to be here, so you know, no like idea. at the end of Jurassic World, you could you could guess that they're going to have to track down Blue and they're going to have to find her and do all that. And that's what they did. And then at at we ended in the same place, like I've talked about, where Blue's out free on her own. And when Jurassic World 3 rolls around, are we going to track her down again? I don't know. I don't yes. feel like that can happen. Like, why would you do that again? Um, so I don't really know what Blue's role would be. Um, See, because I don't here's want the, the same curse. repetitive thing. Here's the curse when it comes to Jurassic films, and I think I've seen other people say this as well, that you are doomed to repeat yourself in some way. I mean, you can only open a theme park so many times. Then you can only go back to an island so many times. Now you can only search for a dinosaur so many times. Like, it's repeating the same beats all the time, which is fine for the most part. But I have to say, Fallen Kingdom repeated almost the exact same beats <laughs> as Jurassic World in a yeah. way. Yeah, it definitely did. It was the same thing. It, nothing was different. They started in the same place and ended in the same place on every possible <laughs> thing. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Um, I think um, I don't know. I think it's because the visuals and everything else is is so different that it works enough, you know, where you can kind of see a difference between the two movies. But when you like look at it, like just like scene by scene, it, you can definitely tell the seams are there. Everything looks the same, you know, and, and acts the same. Yeah, I mean, the characters started in one place and now they're back at the same place, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there wasn't really enough, or I don't want to say enough. There just wasn't much growth for, Ooh, for any I characters. know this is a 
tangent city here, but I just want to, I don't know if I told you this yet. I think I told Josh, I talked to somebody about this, but my, I found out my problem with the, with Fallen Kingdom. Cause you know, I, I don't love it. And I think I found out why it's because in Jurassic world, the characters were causing the problems. They were involved in the problems in Fallen Kingdom. The problems were happening to them and they had little to no involvement other than run away. That's my problem. Huh? Okay. Who? Mm. So they're just running away from the volcano. They're not causing anything. They're not in charge of the auction. They're not really they're, directly yeah. involved with Mills's stuff. They don't know Lockwood personally. Uh-huh. They're not involved with the volcano. They're not. They're not actually causing anything. They're not with Wu. They're not doing anything. They're just there. They're just in the wrong place at the wrong time through the entire movie, and they're just trying to outrun it. Basically, mm-hmm. and in Jurassic World, I mean, they had Claire was in control of the whole thing, and then she messed up, and then the, Ms. Ronnie was in control of decisions, and Owen was in control of Raptor decisions, and they were in control of they were they they were causing their own problems. In Fallen Kingdom, they're just involved in other people's problems, and that is my biggest problem with this film. I think. Hmm. Okay, yeah, I mean, it doesn't bother me because some of my favorite films. Um, the protagonists are rarely involved in what's actually happening. Like, you know, there, yeah. there was a big thing recently about, you know, um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. So it, the first Indiana Jones movie, um, Indiana Jones, people are saying that he does not, he does not factor into that movie whatsoever. Everything would have happened exactly the same, no matter yeah. if he was in it or not. And that, can't necessarily be said for this movie, I don't think, but that's different. From Not what to you're that extent, about, but, but I mean, yeah. it still can be to a yeah. degree. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, well, the ending would have definitely been different, but um, the 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 first yeah. half would have been exactly the same. But they're yeah, they're definitely on the run, and that's that's just something I like out of movies, and it really just harkens back to Indiana Jones mostly, and this specifically, that's one of the reasons why I love this movie so much is. Because there are so many Indiana Jones references and things like that, mm-hmm. it works so well for me. Indiana Jones is one of my favorite franchise, franchises of all time, so that's why it's it's just another thing that adds to well, why I like the movie. You know what? This is actually really interesting to me because I'm I'm the opposite way. I like to see the characters causing their own problems. Yeah. Like the mommy movies are a big one for me, and they're always causing their own problems. If they would have just left it alone, there would be nothing happening. But I mean, in in the mummy first two mummies, they're always going in there and causing their own problems. Now, I haven't seen the mummy in a very long time, but I do love those movies. Um, Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be exactly the same as the first mummy, though? Because the way I see it is, they needed to find somebody to help them retrieve the thing in the mummy, right? So they found Rick. And they got him out of prison, and they they the, they had the, the, first the, one. the librarian, right, or whatever, uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel like that's well, identical structure structurally well, to this. See, movie. they all had. Oh, hold on a second, I'm trying to remember as well. I mean, I love these movies so much because so there was trying to get in that mindset. Yeah, there was like that crew that the like the bad guy crew in yeah. the Mummy, and they they, they were, were essentially the like Wheatley's crew in this movie, and then Mills as well. Um, oh, this is a stretch. Okay, yeah, they were searching for something, but um, I don't think stuff was happening to them, though. They they were causing 
things to happen. The choices that they made were causing things to happen. In Fallen Kingdom, they could have made any choices and this stuff still would have happened. They weren't at the head of it. They weren't in the know. Here in The Mummy, though, they, they were in the know. She knew the book. She had the key. Mm-hmm. She They were opening the sarcophaguses themselves. They were reading from the book themselves. They were dealing with the mummy themselves that they unleashed personally. There wasn't an underground Lockwood estate unleashing mummies. Like, they did it themselves. Um, they were responsible for the fallout of the movie. And I don't mm-hmm. think in Fallen Kingdom... Claire and Owen were responsible for very little of the fallout in this movie. They were just running from it. They were in the middle of it. That's all. And that's not, that's a movie choice. That's fine if people yeah. like that kind of thing. That's not my kind of thing. But um, I, a lot of movies do it. So it, it's fine. People like that. Yeah. But uh, it's not my thing. I don't know. I, I would argue that that the second half in the mansion is, is 100% their fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like aside yeah. from everything being there, it's not their fault that the dinosaurs yeah. are in the mansion. But the fact that every dinosaur is loose, even aside from that button pushing by Maisie, everything I feel like is their fault because if Owen didn't start the chain reaction, if they had just walked out the mansion and left, then, yeah, nothing would have happened. Um, all the dinosaurs would have been shipped off fine. You know, no, uh, Wheatley wouldn't have had a chance to even go in the Indoraptor cage. The Indoraptor would have been shipped off. So things would have ended slightly differently. Um, but... All the dinosaurs would still be out there, but in cages, I think. And then from there, who knows? Um, yeah. But but I think like the fact that literally Owen and Stiggy met at the right time <laughs> caused so much uh, you know chaos in that place, mm-hmm. and then essentially led to the release of all the dinosaurs. So I would say that yeah. that's all there working, even though they didn't put them there. They weren't the. They had no choice but to do that, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you that part. They did. That was definitely hands on there. Not that they affected that. But that's a little piece of the movie. That's the end of the movie. The whole two, uh, three fourths of it or even two thirds of it was hands off. I don't know. There's a lot of action happening. And I I did love the volcano. So that's weird to say. I, I did like it, but it wasn't it didn't give me exactly what I wanted. I enjoyed it, but it didn't give me everything. You know, it didn't yeah. hit home. Now, the mansion, it always, I always think it's shorter than it is. But right now, I'm at 54 minutes and they're already off the island. So, and then mm-hmm. now there's still, what, an uh, hour and like 10 minutes or, or more. So, yeah, it always confuses me. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's still quite a bit left. Um, but yeah. It's weird too. I, this is such a tangent, but this is interesting. This is, I think, this is interesting. I hope people find this interesting. But I always think that the volcano stuff is like forty-five minutes, and then the mansion stuff is longer. But you know when I think it's over, whenever um, Claire does the laser on the roof, I'm like, oh, this movie's over. But then it's like, oh wait, they have to go all the way yeah. to the button thing, and then Mills still has to die. Like, there's a whole lot happening yeah. still. And I think I think the the volcano stuff honestly is probably only like. 20 minutes long because of all the stuff in the beginning you have that like 10 oh, minute I was opening counting that. Oh, I, okay. I was counting that as the first half like okay. all the way until you know the screen goes to black and then he's watching the boat go on the computer like that yeah. whole first piece I always felt like that was maybe 45 minutes 54 because that was yeah. literally yeah that was the part i was at when he was at the computer after the boat mm-hmm. left um yeah yeah it's it's interesting because i would have assumed the ending was much shorter but it's super long it's yeah 
I, love I always this. forget I love about that extra ending because I was just capping oh. it. Um, I was yeah. just capping it the other day, and then when I was capping to the part on the roof, I'm like, "Oh, I'm almost done." I'm like, "Wait a minute, there's like 20 minutes left." Well, you know, I forgot that the a big chunk of the middle is that uh, Arcadia on the boat, so that does mm. take up quite a bit of time as well. Yeah, that's probably like another middle. like 15 minutes or so, maybe. You know, saving Blue and getting going to the T Rex and doing all that yeah. stuff. So that does that definitely takes up quite a bit of time. Yeah, that little middle portion. So hopefully we answered your your voicemail. Wow, there. what was that? that <laughs> I don't know. Something. Man, we have to do it. It just it's necessary. Um, oh, that's a good discussion. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I'm gonna read something a little different. We have a comment on an article from Enrique here. Um, I don't know what this is about, so we'll figure it out. Um, it says my number one has to be. Oh wait, so I think I said my top five. Yeah, this is. When he said number one, I put an article up that was my top five sequences or scenes from Fallen Kingdom. So here I just wanted to read like a portion. Actually, it was really long. I just cut it down shorter. So this is what it is. It says, my number one has to be the release of the dinosaurs, starting with Franklin and Zia revealing to Claire and Owen that the dinosaurs could be killed by poisonous gas to the end of the scene where Rexy kills Mills. Also, uh, the run to the, from the volcano might be my second favorite, starting with Owen running into Claire and Franklin, and then when they fall off the cliff, I consider that all one big sequence. Number three is definitely the beginning. It's just so great in the dark rain, tense feeling mm-hmm. from the mercs, um, and the epic chase with Rexy uh, as, as she goes after the yellow jacket to the chopper. Uh, the final battle might be my fourth favorite scene, Blue versus the Endoraptor. And because I realized that I literally love almost every scene in the movie, I'll say my fifth favorite scene or scenes is the ending of the movie, starting with Blue tearfully leaving Owen. So there we go. I just I cut it down considerably. So make sure to go to our website and read the full answer there, uh, because you know we put a lot of work into it there. So that I just wanted to cover that because I uh, I did my fav- five favorite scenes, um, which I'll try to bring up here as I'm, I'm talking because I forget what I put. <laughs> Do you happen to know, like, off the top of your head, what your five favorite would be? Um, that's a loaded okay. question, but yeah, you know, what? I think I may have them here. My favorite is forever the gyrosphere falling into the water. I think that's fantastic. It's filmed amazing. It's like all one shot. It's all done. It's it's brilliant. I that gets me every single time from the be- from when it falls to when they get out on the beach. There, that mm-hmm. that whole sequence is so good um i love i do love the button i love how claire has to watch the thinking the dinosaurs are going to die and she has to think does she push does she not does she what does she do how much like this is her whole cause at this minute so the end with claire and the button is definitely on there the gyrosphere in the water um there's a okay there i know i'm forgetting stuff let me think now what happens in the middle Oh, I like, oh, my ballet. I really like my ballet when, when Claire and, and Mills are um, talking in the mansion. I really like them a lot. I like their whole encounter there at mm-hmm. the mansion before or no, or after, like that whole thing. Like as soon as she gets <laughs> to the door and then they do that little ballet thing and then Lockwood's there or whatever. And then um, she does like the, the what do you need from me thing. And then he's at the table and he's like showing her all this stuff and she's like, her eyes are like that. Oh my gosh, that that's that's my Claire. That um, that's three. Um, what am I forgetting? 
What am I forgetting? What am I forgetting? There's a lot of scenes. <laughs> that's it. That's the um, entire movie right there. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have some? Do you want to name yeah, yeah. some? Yeah, I'll, I'll go through mine. So, um, I oh wait, oh wait, the end opening scene. Sorry, opening that scene. opening scene. Perfect. That's number. Yeah. Four. That's one of the four. I don't. These aren't in order. But oh, that's, okay. I don't know. I'd have to think about that. You're lucky I yeah. get five. Oh, like, it's, it's like in order. And like I said earlier about my favorite moment for, from the entire series, it changes all the time. But when I wrote the article, um, you know, it, I took a lot of thought and effort to kind of put them in order. And it was tough. I, I, I'm terrible with ranking things. I really don't like ranking things, but um, I wanted to kind of work through it. So I, I did uh, the um, the gyrosphere in the water over the cliff. That was yeah. my number five, um, just because of how emotional it is. And especially as they're in the water, it's just like so tense. Uh, one of the most tense moments, I think, in the entire franchise. Um, then the number four was uh, saying goodbye to that Brachiosaurus. That was super emotional as well. Oh, my gosh. That might be on my list. Okay. Yeah. It's hard not to put it on there. Um, number three is the literally the very ending of the movie as Blue is overlooking uh, the, you know, suburbia down there. Um, I thought that I thought that's fantastic. I love I like it's a moment that I just wait for. And it it's literally the last moment of the movie as she's running down that that like cliff side and just like stands on the edge and just barks to the. The community is just like, here I am. I'm here. What's up? You know, like, I, I love that it's, it looks beautiful. It's so, I don't know, it's so, like, iconic looking for me. Um, sort of in the same way that that T-Rex war from the first movie, like, ends on such a cool note. Um, number two, I put the um, the opening sequence. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought that was fantastic. And then number one is... Uh, Stiggy and Owen as they kind of rampage through the mansion. I just have so much fun with that sequence. And I think it it is due to Indiana Jones, like I was talking about before, because Owen is straight up, I've come to realize he is straight up Indiana Jones in that moment, just making it up as he goes along, just punching people, throwing chairs, hitting people with, you know, tasers and all kinds of stuff. It's so much fun. And Stiggy is one of my new favorites. And I just love how, you know, it throws all the humans around. It's it's such a great scene, the music, everything about it. So that's my top five. I, I think I got an order going. Oh, I wow, think okay. I figured out my order. Okay, so my number five is the Brachiosaurus. Claire reacting to the Brachiosaurus. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Bryce's face was so good. Okay, that's my number five. Number four is the opening scene because, oh, my gosh, when the lightning flashes. And the, oh, so good. So okay, good. um. Number three is um, I'm going to put the gyro there. I think I'm going to put the, just because it's not a character moment. It's just a really good technical scene. So I'll put the, the gyro in the water at number three. Number two would be Claire and the button con- contemplating. What do we do with the button? What do we do with the dinosaurs? And number one is going to be the, the Mills ballet when when she's talking to him and then she's there at the table and he's explaining it and she's like how many can you save and he's like 11 and she gets all excited and then like she's into it like that's that's my number one i think that's pretty there good we go. that's a good that's a good top you know uh five moment there i think uh it suits you well because of like i think you like those calm moments you know stuff like the uh flea circus scene and stuff yeah. like that so i think you know i i tend to overlook like you know, this movie, because it's so fast paced and so much action, I tend to overlook some of those softer sequences and slower, you know, sequences. 
like that, um, you know, ballet, as you call it. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. a fantastic moment from the yeah, franchise. It's so, beautiful. Yeah. I love, I love the, the light coming through on all the different shots. Like that happens throughout the whole film, and you just have these streaks of light coming down these long shots, and it's just gorgeous. Yeah, that literally, so as good. you said that, another scene that kind of like I was like tossed up as to how to do it because. I really love the stuff with like baby blue. I think it's like so awesome. And that's a moment with like the, the sun is streaking through yeah. there and like creating all these rays of light. It's so awesome looking. Let me tell you what, when there's, there's that scene, um, not just in the, in the ballet part is beautiful, but then there's the close up whenever Claire sees Maisie up there. in the first time there's mm-hmm. like a streak of light coming down there. And that is, yeah. I have, when I was making those screen caps, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that is gorgeous with that light coming behind. And that was a beautiful shot. It obscures yeah, Maisie a bit over there, yeah, so you can't really see her as well. Oh, so good. And you know what bugs me? I wish that moment was on the score, and it's not. Because mm. um, there's there's a – towards the end when Lockwood shows up, um, there's a, a few, like, note motif there that is not on the score. And I'm like, oh, I really wish that was. It sounds so good, but it's not there. It, it bugs me. But that's that happens with all movies, I think. But, um, yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I never actually thought this through, so that's a really good question. Yeah, I just kind of got interested in the idea one day. I'm like, hmm, what, what would my top favorite moments be? So I, I do like hearing everyone's perspective and answers because you're right. Some people would pick the fast-paced stuff, and there's me with my little button moment and my table moment, which is so odd. <laughs> Different. Yeah. I think there's something to say about like your favorite moments versus the best moments as well. Like you could almost have like a probably a completely different list if you were talking about the best moments, but um, some things hit you emotionally differently than uh, the best stuff. That's very true. Because honestly, that that opening scene would be a best moment. It would be much higher on my best list. For sure. My favorite, my favorite list, and it's at the bottom of my favorite list. It's on there, but it's at the bottom. Now, yeah. my best list, it would probably be like two. <laughs> I don't know what I would put as the best. That might be the best moment. Um, it, it really is amazing. I don't know. Yeah, that might be. It's fantastic. Oh, another one that I really wish I could have included was like the Indoraptor on the roof. That is just such a oh, yeah. very cool, <gasps> one of my favorite moments. That's why I was like tossed up between that and like blue on the cliff. I'm like, I don't know, but I really like the blue one a little bit more, so – Oh stuff. yeah, that's both good. I love. Okay, since we're doing little honorable mentions, whenever <laughs> I know Josh would say chair is his favorite of the entire movie is when Claire yells for the chair. That is um, that's good. A, that's a lot of people's favorite. It's very popular. But I love when she has the the gun and she's hitting it. And she's like, hey! <laughs> I crack <laughs> up every time. Crack <laughs> up, full on crack up. So. That's my honorable mention. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I I love that chair sequence and it's it's much funnier now once you've watched the like the Blu-ray special features and stuff. You see like yeah, literally yeah. just like a dude just like grabbing the chair from Franklin. It's like so stupid looking. <laughs> I know. Somehow they composite a, a giant, you know, vicious, intimidating dinosaur. Instead of a man just pulling the chair away from him. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're I right. can't unsee it, though. It's hard. <laughs> That's fun, though. I love those behind-the-scenes things. I could just watch them forever. Yeah. I just want to see the whole movie with raw footage. Like, the entire thing. I know, the enti- right? Everything raw footage. Oh, every take. so good. I want to see every take. 
And where uh, takes were like cut and trimmed. I want to yeah. see all of that. There's not enough, unfortunately, on there. Needs to mm-hmm. be more. Uh, let's move on here, though, to an uh, MP3 from Arjun. Let's uh, hear what he has to say. Hi, Brad. Hi, Jen. Hey. After seeing some conversation on Twitter and talking with some guys on chats and stuff, I was thinking about what happened to Dr. Wu after the Jurassic Ooh. World incident. What we know from Fallen Kingdom is that he was stripped of his titles. That's why he was called Mr. Wu instead of Dr. Wu, as Colin Trevorrow explained. Also, the junior novelization has a bit about Wu coming out of court. So to me, that means he wasn't taken care of after the incident, as was said when he got on the helicopter. So what happened to the case he brought with him and the other stuff evacuated from Jurassic World? Also, Hammond and Lockwood knew each other, so it makes sense Wu knows Lockwood too. So why would Wu be working for Hoskins if Lockwood was the guy they were working for? My theory, the plan was... The plan Wu was part of fell through. He was charged and Wu fled to the one person he thought would help him, Lockwood. Perhaps Wu was the one who finally cloned Lockwood's daughter as well, so he had leverage to keep the secret. Mills hears of weaponizing dinosaurs and sees money, giving Wu what he needs to continue. Wu had kept the case he took from Jurassic World, and with that he had what he needed to create the Indoraptor. Yet they failed to let it camouflage. Adding cuttlefish DNA did not have the same effect on the Indoraptor as it did on the Indominus Rex. So that's why they sent the team to retrieve in the Indominus Rex DNA, after the first Indominus uh, Indoraptor prototype had already hatched. Not shortly after the fall of the park, but years, which is supported by the cleaned-out Indominus skeleton, which would need years of work from various organisms to be stripped so clean of its flesh. Also, I believe they needed Blue to raise the next batch of Indoraptors to teach them compassion, but likely Wu wanted Blue's DNA too to give the Indoraptor the same instinct as Blue from birth without being taught, but they already had the next batch of Indoraptor eggs ready for Blue to teach. What happened to all the other stuff evacuated from Jurassic World? Did Masrani auction it off? Did they try to bring the park back up to speed, but were stopped by increasing activity from Mother Nature, earthquakes destroying more than they could fix, and then Saibo coming back to life? And what happened to the eggs evacuated after the Fallen Kingdom? Since we're not getting more hybrids, can we assume these eggs never hatched? Their incubation process disrupted too much by the evacuation? What are your thoughts on this? Okay. Bye. Wow. That yes. was a lot, and I didn't take any notes. <laughs> See, that that exactly is my issue with jumping three years. I, I know it's a thing Jurassic films do, and it's very unique to them, and it's cool, and it's neat that we're moving with time. But, man, you miss so much in those three years. I would love to know all those unanswered questions, and none of them were touched upon, which I really wish they were. As you know, that's a problem for me. But... I, I wish that any of that was touched upon. We have no idea why Wu just shows up wherever he shows up at. It just, I don't know. I don't know anything. Where did all this stuff go? I don't know. Where are the dinosaurs? I don't know. I Where don't are know. eggs? I don't know. It's a good Why ain't Claire in jail? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it's definitely a good question. I, I do have the junior novelization right here, so I will read a little sampling as he had mentioned there. Um, so, first off, where should I read? All right, so it says, The picture on the TV switched from the volcano to a man leaving a government building. Ducking reporters' questions, he covered his face with his hands. 
Former Jurassic World scientist Dr. Henry Wu stripped of all his credentials after being found guilty of bioethical misconduct. Refused to comment. Reporter uh, reported the anchor woman. So stripped of all his credentials. So we know that that happened. He was um, found guilty of bioethical misconduct. Um, so he's he's upset there. And then that I feel like I think that might be one of the only notes about him until later on in the book which I'll just read this one as well, just while we're on the topic of Dr. Wu. Um, This is about him taking that credential back in a way. You know, as the doctor was stripped from him, he wants to take it back. So the Indoraptor is being shown off at this point. And, you know, know, Maisie's like, they made it, blah, blah, blah. And Eversol's like, designed by Mr. Henry Wu. And... Uh, Henry kind of interjects there and he's like, excuse me, Dr. Henry Wu. <laughs> I love that. I love, or no, I'm sorry. Actually, Wu, Wu clears his throat and then Eversol changes it to, excuse me, Dr. Henry Wu. So um, I like that. He's like, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> I like that a oh, bit. Oh, I didn't, so, I never caught that. That's, that's really not in the funny. movie. That's not in the movie. Oh. So, but it's in, it's in the junior novelization. He's oh, like, okay. Mr. He does say uh, this was created by Mr. Henry Wu in the movie, yeah. but then in the book they skip over or they they show that he's like, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> so basically, you know, he wants that credential back. So that's about all I have though from Doctor Wu there. But yeah, as far as like what did happen with all the the stuff. So I've always assumed in my mind. Uh, Arjuna obviously has it like I feel like he's got this stuff written down. He's trying to like connect all the dots. He's thinking about like us all like 10 steps ahead of us. Um, but I'll say he was working with Mills probably all along. That's what I'm saying. How um, far all along? Through Jurassic World, three years prior because of the Maisie stuff. You know, like, and and as far as Lockwood, I mean, he would have had to have been working with Lockwood as well. Um, But it's interesting. As far as Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is concerned, I don't necessarily feel like there's a connection between Lockwood and Wu. They don't ever meet in in this movie. Yeah, I don't get that. So I wonder if, like, back in 2008, I think, around that time when Maisie is created... um, Maybe, you know, he worked with Lockwood a little bit and then they disconnected or, or, you know, whatever. And then uh, Mills maybe gets into contact with him on Nublar. And then Hoskins is involved there, too, I would assume. And then they take the the samples and everything back to Lockwood Mansion, I would assume. That's that's so, my best guess is everything went back there. Um, but I don't know because they were taking eggs. They were taking samples why was nothing else utilized right yeah i know and so Wu was like hanging out in lockwood's lab and lockwood doesn't even know it is that what we're saying here that's kind of what i'm assuming yeah that's what i'm assuming because lockwood has no clue what's going on he's not a nefarious character in this movie he's just a guy who did something bad 10 years ago or however long amazing but uh, I don't think he, you know, he. I don't think he has any idea, obviously, uh, uh, as far as what's going on beneath his feet. Um, so I don't think he really knows that well, Wu is down there, to be honest. See, this just might be me being dumb, which is very possible, but I'm going to go for it anyway. 
at the end of Jurassic World, Wu is always was involved with Hoskins. I'm I'm sure this was already just explained in this email message, but so Wu was involved with Hoskins, and then the guy on the on the helicopter is like, "You'll be taken care of." So he were to believe he went to Lockwood Man Mansion, but then what what was Mills in this whole Jurassic World thing? And we know that Mills and Claire know each other, so I want to know what that is, and is that Jurassic World related? Was Mills involved in Jurassic World? Was he just involved with Lockwood? Like, what's I, I, none of this is explained, and no one I know. Um, Wu getting in the plane at the end was like a big thing. Everyone's like, oh, that's the sequel. That's where we're going. And um, maybe, like, we don't even know if that's where, where he was going. Yeah, I don't know. At some point, he, he's been outside of the mansion, right? Because he's been in front of reporters, it seems like. He got his credentials stripped away. Yeah, so he wasn't away. taken care of in any way. Well, ta- I, I taken care of in a sense, like, you're not going to go to jail. You're, you're going to be safe money wise. I think like we'll take care of you and we'll put you up. So maybe, maybe they're taking him to the mansion and, and that's where he lives. Maybe. I don't know. So was Hoskins involved with the mansion? I think Wu, so. Wu worked that's... for him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wu, Wu and Hoskins were definitely on the same team throughout Jurassic so world. Is the mansion involved with the Navy or army or whatever? You mean the like the engine military stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know how deep all that goes. I think they might be separate because Hoskins just ran the engine um, military essentially. Yeah. Um, so I don't think like they're connected to Mills per se, aside from maybe Hoskins. But this is all yeah, like, how- theories and conjecture. I'm just like. I think that there's probably a connection between Hoskins and Mills. So that's, See, that's what I'm going to be, with. There has to be for this to work. And I feel like yeah. they shot themselves in the foot if they don't do that because then it doesn't match out. Like nothing makes sense then. And it's just unless unless um, a lot happened in those three years and Wu had nothing to do with Lockwood and the first movie and then something happened in three years and now he does. Like, that's the only way they can get around Hoskins not being involved with Lockwood. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think mm-hmm. I think like Hoskins and his like number two guy there, the guy who said like you'll be taken care of. Mm-hmm. I, I think like they had it had their own agenda aside from the InGen military crew. Um and I think they probably are working together with Mills. I think that's really just what it comes down to. Um because I think Mills probably was an opportunistic uh, person at that point trying to figure out what we can do to make money off of this. Right. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like he would have, but who knows? It's this really hard like to say, weird, I guess. Weird uh, connection. Uh, can you imagine like if Hoskins and Mills are both alive, like being in a scene together? <laughs> yeah. How weird is that? That, that would have been cool. That would have been interesting. It's like worlds colliding. I don't know. Yeah, but that's unfortunately not possible. No, it's not not at all. Unless we see a flashback, maybe it's possible. Who knows? (laughs) I don't. I don't. I don't know. I just love how Mills reacts with like the the bad guys. Like he just doesn't take any of their crap. He's just yelling at them. He's he's better than everybody. Um, So I love that about him. And that would have been interesting to see how these two tough guys go head to head with like Hoskins and Mills. 
um, that oh, could have been yeah. interesting. I don't know. I, I don't think it, everything connects as well if, if there is no connection. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think what would have happened? So, so say there is no connection. Wu has all that, that big box of, of DNA and stuff. And he just does what with it? What happens from there? Like he goes home to his own home. Exactly. And, or, and then, you know, then years later they they get into contact with him and they're like, we need you for the creation of this Indoraptor. No, that doesn't work. Like, right. Like that See, doesn't work. That, that is such a cheat to the audience. I mean, they can't do that. They can't. That then Jurassic World like had no reason. It had no cliffhanger. It had nothing. It was not connected to this movie at all, really. Yeah, I just I think we're supposed to assume. I I think we're supposed to assume that everything's connected. You know, I would I, love I think... for everything to be connected. I would love for it to be. I hope it is. I hope the next one's connected. I hope they give me an idea that we're in the same universe here. Well, now there's even less idea because of that previous email. It's like, what happened with Wu? Did he just blow up? <laughs> so we don't I really know. know. Like, we don't know where God. he went. We have no idea if doing? he's taken care of, if he's on his own, if he has anybody right? else to, to, to lay low with. No, I, I, he might just be on his own. So how you know, does he factor into the future, you know, if he is they, on his own? They should have just, like, shown him secretly exit the building or something. Yeah, I mean, that would have been nice, but I don't know. I don't, I, you know, I don't think he's dead. So I, I you know, no. you could say like, oh, he got trampled by a bunch of dinosaurs on his way out, but like, we didn't see that. We didn't see him blow up. We didn't see any of that stuff. So I assume he's just going to be safe and sound. But I don't know how he factors in in the future. It just doesn't like how, same. like, sort of. It's in the same sense as saying like, how does Grant? How would you ever get him involved? You know. Well, I think he could be involved as in just like uh, like um, what Malcolm did in this film, just kind of talk about it and be like, they're idiots. I guess. Yeah. But, but, but how would Wu couldn't do that because he would be thrown no. in jail. Um, hmm. So I don't know unless unless he's sitting there pleading his case to one of the sellers or one. I'm sorry. One of the buyers, you know. OK, I have a question. So. Uh, we need apparently we need some kind of billionaire or fake billionaire with a lot of money in every one of these films. Um, so who's going to be the billionaire in this one? Because you need someone with money to do all this stuff. I assume it's just somebody from another company. So say another for instance, random that like company. Russian dude, you know, the 20 millions. Yeah. Like that, that dude, guy. he's the star villain. He's the, the star movie. of the next movie. <laughs> wow. But imagine, imagine that, um, you know, for instance, he kidnaps Wu or something like that. And then you have a tied up, you know, gagged Henry Wu in the back of a truck with a dinosaur next to him as they go to Russia, you know? No, why was that not in the little montage there at the end of this movie? Oh, it would have been great, right? Like if you yes. just see him tied to like a, you know, the side of a, a steel cage with a dinosaur, like that would have been awesome. Perfect. Perfect. So you needed something. He, him just disappearing left a lot of questions and not a lot of good questions. Because at least in the first movie, it left a lot of questions that people could speculate what was happening. And now we're like, Mom, did he die? People don't even understand what to question because they're just polarized all over the place. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we answered that at all, Arjun. I don't but, think we um, did. We don't answer questions on here. No, we're, we really don't. We just, we just make up our own stuff and then talk about whatever we want. We use all their questions as like 
time to just hang out. <laughs> just a platform to just talk about other things. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> Let's move over here to a website submission from Dan. So I'm going to start reading. Um, hi, thanks for the show. It's great. Been a Dino fan since Land Before Time and love JP most of all. Wanted to hear some discussion on what line from Jurassic Park you find yourself saying all the time. There's actually so many good one-liners in that movie. Me and my family are always throwing around the, the Hammond line. I'm sorry about your problems, Dennis, but they are your problems. Haha, <laughs> gets me every time. Or how about when Dennis squeals when Donald, Donald uh, opens up the can of Barbasol? Classic. Um, or when Eddie Eddie's voice cracks, why would Hammond send two teams? Man, I love these movies. My family and I ended up repainting our minivan like a Jurassic Park Explorer. That awesome. thing is pure money. Okay, well, thanks. Uh, keep up the good work. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, there's so many good lines, whether it's the first movie or, or any of the others. Um, I feel like I'm not like – I have like no lines really, I don't think. From the new new movies, there's a few maybe here and there, um, but I don't. I, we've had the other movies for 20 years plus now, so I, I definitely quote like Jurassic Park or The Lost World a lot. Even Jurassic Park three, I think I get from time to time. But um, do you have like a favorite line or anything like that? This is interesting because me and my dad. I grew up with this with my dad, so we quote the original a lot. Like <laughs> this is so bad, but we always do, you know, the bathroom one where, um, where, where Gennaro runs gone? the bathroom. And, and, um, I think, I think it's Jeff Goldblum's like, when you got to go, you got to go kind of thing. We, yeah. that's, we do that all the time. Yeah. So there's that one. Um, me and, me and Josh quote the movies like the Jurassic World a lot. Like we we always do the what do we do now thing all the time because like we're always <laughs> into circumstances where we're just like oh what do we do now? Like it just comes out naturally and then that just happens. Um, I I quoted a lot. I think I, I I feel like I'm failing my my dad right now because we quote the first movie a lot. Like we use those things in regular life a lot and and I do quote Jurassic World a lot with Josh like a lot. So I'm failing both of them right now, but I quoted yeah. a lot. <laughs> you know, I, I I think that that's the case for me too. Like I quote it constantly, but when it comes to like thinking about which ones it is, I'm like uh, I don't remember. Um, right. One of them is like, which is I think my favorite line from any of the movies is um, you know when Grant and Malcolm are in the the vehicle together. Um, it's raining and uh, you know, actually yeah. Grant comes back and, and Malcolm's like, kids get scared. And then he's like, what's to be scared about? It's just a little hiccup in the power. I didn't say I was scared. I didn't, I know, you know, like they kind of go back and forth with that. Um, mm-hmm. So I always say, I, I'll always like just be in mid conversation about something completely different. Um, and I always like, ref, like, bounce it back on the person and say like, oh, I didn't say you were scared. Like I didn't, I, I like whatever they they were talking about. I say like, Oh, I didn't say you were blah, blah, blah. So I always do that. And it just sounds stupid because nobody ever like knows what I'm referring to. <laughs> and then the conversation just goes nowhere. Um, I always do the, like I'm sitting here by myself, uh, yeah. talking to myself. That's pretty easy. And, and the, there it is. Uh, there it is. Yeah. That's that, a good that one. That's a such a good one. Well, there and it you is. Know, the spared no expense happens a lot in my house as well. <laughs> yeah. And 
the um you know what it is it's like um just like what you said you incorporate those lines in your normal life just as you're talking cuz yeah we do the 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 Ellie thing with the ice cream when she says it's good and then he's like spared no expense like we'll just be eating something i'm like oh this is it's good and he'll be like spared no expense like it's just a natural flow of finish the quote that yeah. happens you know what's a good one too is um you know Oh, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But later there's running and screaming. Um, but that one, that you can almost interchange it with absolutely anything. So <laughs> any any case like that comes up, you're like, oh, ooh, ah. But later there's, um, I don't know. I don't know what the case is right now. But something. You always like interject and just put like some other words in that, in that place. That happens to me a lot. Um, yeah. It's definitely a factor of just speaking regular language and then, touching on what's close to a quote or a quote by mistake and then finishing the quote like yeah my dad will finish it or josh will finish it and i don't even realize i'm saying it but then that'll trigger in their mind and then we'll be quoting after that so it's more like um i guess accidental quotes than continuing continuing them but also yeah definitely the what do we do now and the when you gotta go you gotta go those are the top (laughs) performers and definitely I feel like I do that squeal as well. I feel like I'm like, <laughs> like just like laughing, doing that laugh. Like, as, I, and it's possible. I it's I don't think anybody can do that as well as he did that in that one moment. I don't even know if he could repeat that. That was just right. too good, you know? It was probably like just, you know, he just didn't even know that noise was going to come out of his mouth. <laughs> and that's why it's in the movie. <laughs> yeah, and it's like we need to stick with that. But And the, why would I haven't sent two teams? Like the way he like – you know, just messes up that word, just like, ah, just at the end of the sentence is so funny. <laughs> See, here's the thing. Now, when this happens to me, because it happens all the time, I'm going to be thinking of this moment and think, oh, why didn't I mention that oh, one? Oh, I know. Yeah. It, and it'll happen as soon as we stop recording. So <laughs> It's probably happening as we speak. I'm getting a message. It's probably going to happen right now. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um thanks dan that was that was good um well we'll keep thinking um but let's see let's move over here to an mp3 from andreas if i my mouse feels like working come on mouse oh my gosh it's not moving here we go still not moving oh there well, we why okay. would it work are you kidding like, i don't no. know I your mouse quit gentle with it yeah it quit so here we go here's the voicemail <laughs> hi you too this hey. is uh, Jurassic CC on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, so I've heard and read in interviews that when Jurassic uh, Park was made, Steven only wanted to shoot uh, a few takes for every scene. Uh, I don't remember the exact number, but between five or seven takes per scene, no, no matter how bad the takes were. Uh, because uh, when he made Hook, he spent so much time making everything perfect, almost, almost too much. He overdid it. And uh, the reception of that movie was that good, as you might remember. Uh, even though I, I like it, I, I uh, watch it all the time when I grew up, just like uh, Jurassic. Uh, but uh, when he made Jurassic, he wanted to be more efficient. Uh, and by the end of JP's production, he started making Schindler's List. Uh, and part of why he left the cutting part to George Lucas. And when they asked Stephen about uh, things uh, JP related, to say yay or nay, 
he was mostly annoyed by it. He was so into Schindler's list at that time. He he didn't want anything to do with Jurassic. So uh, my question for you this month <laughs> is uh, if uh, Hook wouldn't have been that uh, the flop as it was, and if he would have made Schindler's list maybe uh, a year or two later and spent more time on Jurassic, not rushing it. Do you think uh, it would have been a different movie than the one we got? Hmm. So yeah, that's my question for this month. Thanks, guys. Bye. Oh, that's interesting. That's a that's a interesting question. I, I didn't know. know that that he rushed. I mean, I knew he had Schindler's List stuff going on, and his focus went there at the end there. But I didn't know like. That he rushed. It felt like he took his time, to be honest, like with those animatronics and the, the problems. And I feel like he took it. I don't know nothing. So apparently he rushed, which is interesting. I, I do remember um, something about him only doing like five or something takes like like he was saying there. I don't remember. Oh, I feel like all that stuff was in the um, the booklet for the La La Land score. I don't know. I feel like there was a lot of information in there. Of all places. It, I know. I know, right? Like, But I'm sure you could find it elsewhere. But um, yeah, that's that's tough. I know he just wanted to kind of get stuff done, but I don't think it was a matter of rushing. And as far as like him being annoyed by Jurassic like at the end of the process, I don't necessarily know that that's the case. I don't feel I like I've ever heard, heard that. I haven't actually. heard that. Really? I did hear that, and I you know, I think that's just his style because I'm a big ER person and um, I know Michael Crichton did ER and that's what they were talking about when he heard about Jurassic and that was their discussion. And that's what Steven Spielberg does. He gets really intense on something, does it, fixes it, does everything he wants on it to his liking and then goes to the next thing and puts well, all yeah. of his attention on that. So mm-hmm. I get that. That's probably just what he did. I mean, it was, it's not like he abandoned it. He just, it was done to his liking. So he moved on. I see. I don't know. I, cause like he's off, um, shooting, uh, you know, um, wow. What was that? Schindler's list at that moment. Yeah. And he's getting the, the, the footage. They're still sending him stuff every day. Um, and yeah, it took a lot of time like, as focused. I, I, but I did think, hear that. I, I, I feel like I remember reading that he actually enjoyed the levity of that, like because it was so intense mm. and so dramatic filming Schindler's list that it was kind of like a break from, from the stress of all of that. That's kind of the, the, the vibe that I remember hearing, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, you could, you're right. I think, I think I've heard both. I think maybe it's just an interpretation thing of like different rumors and, feels coming up from that time i don't know the truth then because I, I do think i've heard both uh, both things i don't know how he could do drastic after doing jaws though and having so many animatronic issues and then coming in Jurassic park and doing it in the rain and basically having these same animatronic huh. issues with water that's just that's interesting okay, i don't so... know why that popped in my head but it did <laughs> here here's a quote i guess from steven spielberg which kind of backs what he was saying 
He said, when I finally started shooting in Poland, I had to go home about two or three times a week and get on a very crude satellite feed to Northern California to be able to approve T-Rex shots. And an advertisement just popped up in front of the quote. Um, <laughs> and, it built, and it built tremendous amount of resentment and anger that I had to do this. I had to actually go from the emotional weight of Schindler's List to dinosaurs chasing Jeeps. And all I could express was how angry that made me feel at the time. I was grateful later in June, though, but until then, it was a burden. So that that's interesting, yeah. Yeah, um, there you go. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. Yeah. Um, now you're talking to yourself. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, uh, I guess it was a bit of a burden on him. But maybe, maybe it was the opposite of what I was saying then. The, the, the weight was too much, and then he couldn't focus on it. Uh, but I don't, I don't know, a little bit of resentment. Um, I don't think anybody wants to hear that quote. Nobody wants to know that part. I don't know if, if it's necessarily resentment and anger towards the movie, but the fact that he actually had to take time to do that, maybe that's more of what he's speaking towards. And like um, switch focus, yeah. maybe switching focus. That's going to be so different, you know, or so so difficult to see those two different, you know, movies in front of you at the same time it's gonna be tough yeah especially if you're that involved and i guess your mind has to be in a special place for both of them two very different places and then when you got to switch back and forth and you're focused on this new film you're like oh, you know i can understand that yeah i i don't know i don't know how we did it and how it came out so so good both movies i mean they were both nominated for awards and stuff this and, and is Schindler's why he's won. steven spielberg and we are not yeah, uh, <laughs> that's the yeah, that's the truth, huh? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I don't know. Yeah, it, 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 I think it was like it, here's another quote. He was making Jurassic Park, and that was the problem. He didn't want to miss the winter because he had to start shooting in the winter there, so he didn't want to miss that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It must have been so difficult. But would the movie have been different, though? Do you think it would have been Jurassic Park would have been a much different no. movie? No, I think he did exactly what he wanted to do. It was just a matter of inconvenience with the with the two movies. But no, I think he did exactly what he intended to do. Yeah, I, I think so. I think a guy like Spielberg has the eye. You know, he, mm -hmm. he goes in knowing what he wants and you have the storyboards and everything like that. Um, he wanted to tell a specific story, which was so drastically different from the book. So it's not like it, I don't know. It's not like there's a ton of stuff. I don't think like left on the table, like, you know, the movie would have been different if he wasn't involved more heavily, you know, when somebody no. like George Lucas wasn't or anything. I, I don't know. I don't think it would have been that different, to be honest, like like you're saying. No, he had his scenes done. He knew what he was doing. He just had to look at them and piece them together. Yeah, it was just about piecing things together, making sure the audio, because I think George Lucas had a lot of hand in that as well when he was, you know, came in to help out. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't know. I, I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, that was interesting that, to bring that up, because, I mean, that's an old old thought there. It's interesting to talk about. Yeah, and I think it even even comes down to the fact that, like, you know, the the ending that they ended up with with the T Rex, um, the, the you know being changed all out and stuff like that. I think mm -hmm. I think they knew what they were doing. I don't think I I, I really can't imagine it would have been 
a different movie. Uh, maybe little things, maybe it would have been a tad different, but you know, maybe with more time, you you end up tweaking things. Maybe it would have been better. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know, but I I don't yeah, think so. I don't, I don't think it's possible, right? <laughs> no, no, I don't know. I think I think he knew he had it down. He he knew what he was doing. He might have been like, oh, this is a pain to shoot two epic movies and figure this out at the same time. Woe is me. But then he just whips them both out perfectly anyway. So I'm sure he knew what he was doing. Yeah, yeah, he he had I think the like a great team assembled, you know, from the start who knew his his uh, vision for it, and I don't know if it would have you know been all that different. So that's my answer at least. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move over here to a website submission from Corinne. It says, "Hi Brad, I love 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 the podcast." <laughs> <laughs> Great to see that there are others like there, uh, others like me out there. Sorry, I couldn't call in. Uh, I'm from Australia, so he, you could call in. You could just leave a, a MP3 on your phone. Just uh, press the record button and email it over. Um, so back to the email. So I saw the movie on Wednesday, and I'm apparently this is me talking again. I, I was super late to add this to the show. I'm sorry. I remembered as I was reading this that this one was like from when the movie came out and I just missed it for some reason. Um, So it says, saw the movie on Wednesday and I have just listened to your spoiler review episode today. I was the same. My husband asked me what I thought of the movie at the end and I honestly couldn't answer. I I think I'm still processing it two days later. Um, You're right. It does move too fast and jump around a bit, but I'm happy Blue is okay. I love Blue. I think there would have been better, or would have been better as two movies with more time for the story to develop. You guys didn't mention the scene with a certain long-necked dino on the wharf. Oh, my gosh. That has broken me. As if the island being destroyed isn't enough. Why why, why did I have to see that? Anywho, I can't wait to hear more on what you guys think about it. I'm going to see it again this weekend, which was probably a long time ago. Um, <laughs> they help. own it by now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> seen it many more times since um, I hope it uh, all works out talk soon Corinne P.S. I love the toy reviews I'm 39 without kids and I bought them too can't get enough of the legacy figures or the Indoraptor toy in Australia uh, oh can't get the legacy figures or the Indoraptor toy in Australia though that's kind of silly of Mattel so that was the that was the email there they probably um, have those toys by now too <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Who knows? They're probably down there. I don't know. The legacy stuff is kind of hard to come by around the world, I found. Um, so probably not even still. But Indoraptor, I feel like, has to be there, right? Uh, we got, I don't know. We we got a lot of those. We got a lot of Indoraptors. We got a lot. We have so many that they're on clearance now. So wow. that's how it works. Yeah. Go to Target. They're, they're, I think Walmart, too. They're all in clearance. Now there's there's no Moseys though. Like I've never seen a Mosey in a store. Oh my god, there's like there's like 15 of them at my store. They're we have everywhere. Mosey hoarders apparently cuz I've never seen one on a shelf. I I've seen the Legacies, but I have not seen an Ellie Legacy. I me, saw the other me one. Me neither. Yeah, I I I um I keep meaning to respond. I got a, a message back this one guy. He said he was going to send me one. Um <laughs> but I've been too busy uh trying to find it myself cuz that's the thing. I like finding these toys myself Mm -hmm. and i like trying to track them down no matter you know where they are and i actually as i was saying that i was like oh yeah i remember somebody was going to send it to me um but that's the thing i like trying to find these toys myself and in in australia it might be more difficult because you literally cannot find 
the legacy figures. It's kind of like the Spinosaurus here. You know, yeah. we cannot find it because it's not available. It's just not available. So there's no chance you're going to find it um, unless you're paying super, like, expensive amounts on eBay. But don't do that, people. Please don't do that. Um, but, yeah, I, I've been finding some stuff here and there still. Um, I still have not found Maisie in the wild. No. I have, I've been seeing people f- are finding um, uh, Zia finally yeah, and another mercenary. They are. Yeah, so there's a lot of good stuff out there, and I have not found those ones yet. Still haven't. And it's like I was saying today, I was in Target, and I, I was in the toy aisle, and I'm looking at the legacy stuff, and there's tons of Grants, tons of uh, Muldoons. And I'm mm-hmm. like, man, we got we must have a hoarder, like a, a Ellie hoarder over in my area somewhere because no store in my area or my area near my work, which is an hour away, like none, none of these stores in New Jersey have Ellie's or no. Maisie's. No, oh, I've never seen the Claire, the, the Wave 2 Claire at all. I've never seen those yet. Why do they have against female things? I mean, you can see a million Owens on the shop at I any know. given day. You could see the Wheatleys all over the place. You could, you see the Allens and, and the, the Sock, the Sock Dune. I mean, you see them all, <laughs> but you you don't see Ellie. You don't see the, the Wave 2 Claire. You don't see Maisie. You don't see Zia. What, what the heck? Yeah, I forgot Why about that, that Wave 2 Claire. Yeah, I've never found that one with the no. Stegosaurus. Is it? Yeah, yeah, I Josh sent me one from Amazon, but I was the same way with you. I'm like, I want to find it in the wild. I don't want to buy it from Amazon. I don't want anyone to send. People were like, I'll oh, send it. I'm like, no, I want to find it in the wild, and I just couldn't find it. And then he just ended up saying, sending it, saying you got to get one before like you can't get them at all. So like, yeah, I know I that's one. a problem. I, I I was thinking that today about um, one of the like the flatbed truck. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. like that's also on clearance now and there was like one in the store and it was like it it went down to $17 and I'm like ah should I get this I don't have it and I'm like I don't need it I, I don't I don't need it but then I'm like if I don't get this now I yeah, may never get it I may never find it ever again yeah and, and that's the problem like you, you that goes through your head and, and then I yeah. end up buying every toy I am, a, I did not buy that truck, but I, I saved it because I know I have seen it at a lot of stores, so it's not that rare. Um, but um, if I see any of the female characters, I'm buying them right away, and I'm not hoarding them. I'm not. I wouldn't do that. Like, but I haven't even found one. You know. Yeah, I know. That's. I, I actually have an equivalent to your truck, and it is the Ankylosaurus. Mm-hmm. I, I see that occasionally here and there, and it's one of those that I'm like, you know, one of these days it's not going to be here. And some stores it's not. Sometimes they restock it, and I'm like, I should just get this because it's it's that thing, you know, that you're like, well, one of these days, and it's pretty cool. I like the Ankylosaurus, and I don't know, I just don't have it yet, and I don't. One of those days, maybe it's on clearance. I don't know. There's a few that I just never end up getting, and I see them all the time. The Ankylosaurus is one. The Roarvor Pteranodon, or any, mm-hmm. uh, even the Legacy Pteranodon, I never got that. Um, I never get the Ceratosaurus, which I just hate. Um, yeah. The Pachycephalosaurus, never get that because it looks not good, I don't think. Um, the Triceratops Roarvor, I've never gotten that one. I just don't feel inclined to get some of these ones, and I'm just like, ah, I don't know. But at the same time, I, I do have that feeling like if I don't get them – then in a year there'll be nine hundred dollars on eBay for some reason. Like maybe not yeah. that high, but you know, it's tough. 
that's why I own too many of them. I, I keep going in with that mindset. And then me and Josh did this, the thing, the East Coast driver. We went to every Target, like, on the East Coast. And <laughs> we went to one, like, 15 Targets. And that's we awesome. were we were searching for the trading cards and the dog tags. And every single Target we went to had the dog tags that maybe about four of ten had the cards. And, um... Every time we'd, we'd see the card, we'd like buy the whole stock because there's hardly any in the boxes anymore. And then we'd buy some tags, and we 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 ended up with way too many of both. But it was yeah. really fun, like opening them and seeing what you got. And out of all of them, we didn't get any costume cards, and we got one costume tag. I got no costume cards. Fifteen stores. <laughs> yeah, I got no costume cards. I got a ton of duplicates, so I'm gonna have to give those away at some point. But I got a ton of duplicates, and you know, yeah, I've if you, if I have what you need, I'll I'll, I'll trade you. I was trading with a lot of people. Yeah, they awesome. need they need that app, that like Star Wars Trader app or something like that for their trading cards. We need something like that so we can keep track of our cards, so we can like trade with with actual people. That would be a, a yeah. blast. That that's so so great about this fandom. I was trading tags and cards with people. It was fantastic. I know everybody is so good about trading off stuff and sending people stuff. I know Aaron has a bunch of stuff for me and I keep holding off. I'm like, I'll, I'll send you the money soon. Like just maybe, <laughs> maybe next week or something, but I, I keep holding. And he's just like, just let me know when it's fine. I'll, I'll keep it right here. And then one of the things I had actually accidentally bought, like I didn't have the battle Lockwood Owen or whatever with all the mm-hmm. rips on his shirt and stuff. I, yeah. I forgot that he had, got that he's like so you want me to return that or what I'm like oh <laughs> sorry sorry i just saw it and i was impulsive and i got it <laughs> you, you know what another problem of mine is i didn't realize everything that i pre-ordered ahead of time so i like got stuff like because the mattel and them and sent me stuff and then the book and then i and then i just other people were like giving me stuff and then i got all these pre-orders that i forgot i pre-ordered so i have extra funkos extra books like an extra claire gyrosphere <laughs> I have too many extra things now. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's it's rough. There's just too much going on and too many toys and I just need a shelf because right now they're sitting in a a chest just sitting there doing nothing or somewhere on my desk or there's a stack of cards over there like this I need like better like shelving and stuff like that in this room it's just a nightmare there's just so like an abundance of stuff has entered my life and i have nowhere to put it so that's a problem oh yeah tell that to the middle of my living room that's (laughs) where all my stuff is piled up because i'm because i'm gonna move out in june so my why and why take it all out and stuff so it's just sitting in a pile in my living room it's the pile is growing like it's it's getting higher and higher somehow and it's like, I, cause I started, I bought that Target little bin, that cute little cloth Jurassic World bin. Oh, and I'm yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to put, I, I love it. I'm like, I'm going to put all my toys in there. Well, they stopped fitting in there a long time ago. <laughs> now they're oh, just yeah. oozing out the sides and they're everywhere. Yeah, they're everywhere. And some of them are too big to like fit into bins and stuff like that. It's just yeah. it's rough. Like I have, t- I, I have two Mosasaurus now. I have two <laughs> submarines. Why? <laughs> I wish somebody would have told me not to buy the RC Jeep because that happened. And I uh, don't know why I have it. You don't like it. it? 
I don't know why. I, I'm I, it's not open. It's just <laughs> at the bottom. It's it's holding the pal down. Well, now they're <laughs> like on clearance the too. Those nobody else likes them either. <laughs> oh, I don't know why I have that. I don't know why I have that. There's a lot of things in that pal that I just don't know why I have. Yeah, just open it up. Give it a little zip around. You know, just have some fun with it. <laughs> I should, it's, it's perfectly in mint condition. And you can't like sell it or anything because it's to ship that. It would be ridiculous. Oh no, yeah, that box is big. It's huge. Yeah. So I'm that's just holding down my fort. That is my pile of stuff at this point. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of people like Corinne here, you know, said I'm 39 without kids and I bought them. Um, I've seen a lot of people like online be like, what are you doing buying toys? Like, like, because I put all these reviews and stuff that she likes here on YouTube. And some people like comment that like, oh, what are you doing? Like grow up stuff like that i'm like no man like relax i'm having fun and specifically in my case i'll have these for a little while and then my kid will grow up you know and be of a certain age where he can actually play with them so i'm perfectly fine handing them off to him so i don't know like i don't i don't see why people got to say stuff like that and look at star wars like those people full out adults run to collect things and save things and buy things so why is it okay for them and not for jurassic i don't know i still feel like people probably do the same but it 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 may be more accepted on that side of things but um yeah i don't know i don't know i think some people are just they think higher of themselves and they just don't want you know to have fun maybe that's what it is i don't know and they they spend their money Maybe more wisely than us. <laughs> I don't know. I th- I think they're <laughs> jealous that we can get enjoyment out of little things like that. Yeah. Really? I mean, it, it's the same reason why some people like certain movies and some don't. Like, it just, that's all it comes down to. And I I personally, like, I have a great time opening these and looking at them. And, and I don't necessarily get down on the ground and play with them like I used to as a kid. But um, I still enjoy them being in my presence, being on a shelf. And, you know, lying and waiting for me and my kid to play with them someday. It's one of those things of you might never have a chance to get it again. That's really what exactly, it comes down to. Yeah. yeah. And I think, yeah. like, you know, enough with the hoarding and, like, you know, scalping and selling all these things on eBay or wherever. I have people DMing me saying, like, oh, you can have this. But, like, they tell me a price that's way over the... Uh. The list price. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Sorry. That's crazy. <laughs> and, and then I try to tell as many people as possible to not buy from those people because it just perpetuates, you know, bad decisions. <laughs> like, don't do that because people just buy all of them off the shelf. I hate that. Yeah. It, it, it bugs me. But I think we're having fun with them. So that's all that matters. <laughs> Yes, I brought a plastic case for my Claire Barbie. I'm so happy. Oh, nice! I so I've never happy. seen one in the wild. Are they ever? Have they been in stores? I have not seen one in the wild ever, ever. I no. have no idea if they actually got sold in stores. They might be like a a Spinosaurus thing where they're mysteriously online and that's it. I have no idea. Yeah, and that's which not is right. Crazy. No, that's not right at all. It makes no sense. I did see them in stores at Universal Studios and on City Walk. They what, had the, the Barbies sp- there. Oh, the Barbie. Okay, I was at the Spinosaurus. Where I'm going. Oh no, no, no I'm the Spinosaurus. Right <laughs> um, <laughs> they, they had the Barbies there, which was cool to see okay. them in the wild, like in a store. Yeah, a Universal store, but still pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. 
at like three times the price. They've had some, you know. yeah. Oh gosh, <laughs> they've had some good stuff in the stores. They've actually stocked everything pretty well down in you know Universal Hollywood or or Florida. So, um, oh yeah, things have looked pretty good in those stores at at a big markup. So be careful. <laughs> it sucks. I hate that markup. Yeah, I know. Awful. It's like it's like when the exhibition came around and you could buy like the stomp and strike t-rex for a hundred bucks <laughs> what why oh that was crazy that was so nuts i can't believe that that's that was a thing and you know what though you look at that and you're like oh that's so stupid and then there i am at the airport buying my clear gyrosphere for the first time and like triple the price just because i finally got one <laughs> well, because you just didn't know and especially something like you knew that was going to be like rare from the start like so you had to get you had to do it right like it i just, mean now they're they are everywhere i do see claire jarsters everywhere now i see them every now and then i see i see less and less of them now though i feel like um same with the stiggy and the mercenary guy because they came out of, at least for me in my area around the same time yeah i i see the jars the claire jars for a lot i have to say it's building really? more so like at the beginning i could not find it in a store and then it's like I didn't see it in the store till July, I think. It took a while. Wow. Man, it's so it's so crazy the stock and how different it is around the country. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. But I love yeah. collecting it. That's that's all I can tell you. <laughs> it is fun. It's fun going around that corner and looking to see what's gonna be in this aisle in this store and and it's super depressing when it's the same stuff. <laughs> I know. But then you see that one thing and you're like, Oh my gosh, it's new and it's not new, but first time you saw it yeah <laughs> and then like everyone looks at you weird you know, i always okay. wonder when when i'm the one guy in the aisle talking to myself like oh, come i on, know we got more of this stuff yeah Where, where's the like and then somebody else walks down the aisle and i'm just like sitting there angry to myself as like i cannot find ellie <laughs> <laughs> or there's like kids in the aisle and you're like move i want to see this like get out of my way <laughs> no i don't i actively will not do that i'll make sure that like any kids well, I, will... I don't i do it in my head i know i know I, i'll make sure that the kids like get the get like a good look at what they want before pushing them out of the way <laughs> no i just i don't want to take away from like anything that they're looking at and and you know if there is something on the shelf i'll be like all right don't take that one last thing that i want but <laughs> Uh, I won't be mad because at least it's going somewhere with, you know, a good home who will potentially be somebody like us, you know, in 20 years. That's so, nuts. you know, that's that's all you can hope for. That's nuts. That's nuts. It is. 20 years. They'll be doing this. Yeah. Well, they'll be talking Probably. about Jurassic World 6. Wait. Teen. Jurassic 16. Six, yeah. No, I, I'm Jurassic can't wait for Planet. 27. Yeah. 27 Jurassic is going to be a good one. Jurassic Universe, Jurassic <laughs> Galaxy. And then, yeah, and then, like, they'll get Malcolm back and and they'll ask about going to space. And he's like, well, when you got to go, you got to go. And that's just <laughs> what happens, you know? <laughs> that quote will never die. It'll be there forever. Yeah, It'll be yeah. the one lasting thing that survives. <laughs> <laughs> they sh yeah, from now on, they should just reuse that quote every movie. I think so. Like, you know, no I don't. Circumstance. I I don't think there's anybody listening to this anymore. Uh, Fallen Kingdom literally just ended. This has been going on for so long, and we still have one more voicemail. You knew we'd make it to the end of the movie, and more. You, you knew that. 
I'll make it to the end credits with the post credit scene. I'll make it past that, and then I'll probably watch some bonus features while I'm at it. Because <laughs> we know that I think it was Amy's question brought us a 45-minute answer. Oh, my so gosh. How did that not, happen? Let's try not to do that. Um, but we do have a voicemail here from Ethan, or an MP3, I think. So uh, let's let's take a listen to this one. Okay, three minutes and go. All right. A voicemail, yeah. Um, uh, hi, guys. My <laughs> name is Ethan Lorenzana. I've called um, one or two times on the podcast. And just want to say keep up the good work with it. But um, wanna, I have a question. But before I get to my question, uh, rest in peace to the uh, Jurassic Park um, ride at Universal Studios Hollywood. Um it will forever be my favorite ride, but um, I just wanted to say, I just want to say, um, I, I I took a trip to, uh, I went to the one in Osaka, the Universal um, Studios in Osaka, Japan, and uh, the Jurassic Park ride over there, a million times better. I, <laughs> if you ever go to Osaka, Japan, go to the Jurassic Park section. It is freaking amazing. But anyway, back to the subject. Um, my question, um, so... I was recently listening to one of your um, other podcasts. I believe it was the Jurassic Wire, and you guys were talking about mirroring images, uh, mirroring images or scenes from other um, Jurassic Park movies, and whether it's getting repetitive or not. And I was thinking, what about? Um, now I wanted to get your thoughts on this. What about mirroring, like mimicking? images from instead of other Jurassic Park movies instead mirroring images of uh, from other dinosaur movies that way it that way it'd be paying homage to those movies that inspired Jurassic Park for example say in um Jurassic World 3 um say in Jurassic World 3 um the main crew gets attacked by a stegosaurus that could be a nice Easter egg to the 1933 uh, King Kong, and um, also um, in during the auction, one of the dinosaurs sold was an Allosaurus. If that Allosaurus goes and he goes to um, somewhere in Mexico, then holy cow, that is a Valley of Guanji reference right there. And um, if you haven't seen that movie, I highly recommend it. Is um, for me, it is the in my personal opinion, it is the second best dinosaur movie right up um, only after Jurassic Park. It is really an amazing movie done by Ray Harryhausen. But um, anyway, but I wanted to get your thoughts up on that. Instead of mirroring, um, what do you think about, you know, instead of mirroring images of other Jurassic Park movies, start mimicking images from other dinosaur movies or even like... Um, you could kind of mirror images from the Godzilla movies if they'd like, if they're so bold. But um, but yeah, that's my question, and I just wanted to say, keep up the great, uh, keep up the great work on the. Oh, that mm-hmm. was it. Your three minutes is up. <laughs> oh man, this is going to be tough. This is going to be tough. Do you, have you seen a lot of other dinosaur movies? Well, <laughs> I I rode. The King Kong ride in Universal, and there's a dinosaur in there. That's basically it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm probably in the same boat. Like, I don't I don't frequent a lot of other dinosaur movies for, for no reason, really. I just, 
I don't know. I just um, I I find that Jurassic Park is the the perfect franchise that I don't ever stray away from that. So I know there's some good dinosaur stuff in in King Kong, um, and even in like the the you know the Peter Jackson version, there's a lot of good stuff in there too. Um, but I don't know. I mean, as far as the old time stuff like Valley of the Guanji and stuff like that, I, I would be totally open for you know, older films like that, um, for sure. But I don't know. I don't know how much uh, of an homage, like, stuff like that would, you know, hit people if it would really hit everybody well enough for it to make sense. But I don't see why they wouldn't. Because, and for instance, like the, um, now this isn't a dinosaur movie, but in the, um, what do you call it? the scene where the Indoraptor is coming down like to the window and opening the door and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like paying homage to like Dracula and it's like, yeah, you're identical. Like, yeah. Right. It's on the special features. And, and I'm like, I, copy, I even, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't even realize how close it was. And I'm like, wow, that is like exactly the same. And that pay, pays homage perfectly without, you don't even need to know, like without knowing what it's from or anything like that. But when you actually see it, you're like, oh, wow, that really works. Um, so I'm totally open to stuff like that for sure. I think it would benefit the franchise as a whole, I think. Um, yeah, definitely when it comes to other movies, that's where I thought this question was going to go. I, there's, there's yeah. I'm sure, a lot, a lot of inspiration all over the place in all these movies for that. But as far as dinosaur movies... Um, the only thing I could think of is dinosaur movies in general that aren't drastic usually have meteors, comets, um, like extinction, some some mm-hmm. level of danger, I guess, which I guess the volcano here is that. But I don't know. It just seems like that's always the theme of dinosaur movies, like even the cartoon ones. And then Dinosaur, the um, Disney movie, that one back in the day, like they're all kind of that track. and where the dinosaurs like i don't know are personality like their their thing well, blues a personality now so whatever but like that kind of thing but these ones um are completely different they're dinosaur movies but they're science movies at the same time so i don't even know if you can compare a jurassic movie to the other dinosaur movies like they're not even the same genre in a way like Jurassic is its own genre. Yeah, it would have to fit in just right for it to actually work. I don't know. I, I, I like the idea of paying homage to like other movies like Indiana Jones or Dracula or something like that. Yeah, other movies. I think like that's that, yeah. yeah, that's the best way to go, especially when you don't like there's not a strict guideline for us right now as fans. Like we don't know what's coming, so we don't know how they could pay homage to it anything at this point, but um as far as a dinosaur movie goes, I think it could be interesting if there's um, other movies with humans involved and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I don't even I, know, like, what, know. though? That's the thing. Like, Jurassic yeah. has this lane, and it's its own unique thing, and it can really be compared to other movies with dinosaurs in it, even with people. I know. It's very difficult. It's very, very difficult. But I, I think they should just do their own thing for the most part, but um, pay homage to other movies in general. I think it's, it's I mean, perfectly fine. It, I love mirroring as well. It likes to pay homage to itself a whole lot, so which I'm fine with, and I know, me like, too. I know, too. you know, Aaron was struggling with the fact that it, it pays homage to like the Lost World a little too much, and it, it definitely does. But um, 
I love that about it. I think that's fantastic. And I think it, it follows the same format, but visually does a lot of different things. And I, I think that's cool. And that's basically what we said earlier, three hours ago, that it's going to repeat the same beats. It's just going to be different mm-hmm. feel, different cinematography, different plot. But the beats, you can't get away from relatively the same beats in these movies. Yeah. Yeah, well, since we didn't really uh, give you the greatest answer, Ethan, I'm going to include another voicemail here from you. I was going to save it for next time, but um, well, why don't we just dive right into it? I don't know why it not. Is. Hello, this is Ethan Lorenzana, and um, and I had a question, um, and I recent now before I get to that question, I just recently <laughs> um, heard listened to the Jurassic Wire. and I know, um, and um, I don't think this is the same one. At least I know. Um, <laughs> Brad, you at least saw the honest trailers, but I was wondering what um, what your thoughts were on. Oh, I can't compute. Anyway, um, same. You, I know that you guys recently covered the honest trailers for Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, and um, I was just wondering whether you guys have seen the um, how it should have ended for Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, and and at and if you did. Oh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, you know what? I'm going to skip that. Um, crud. But anyway, at the end of how it should have ended, no, I'm going to finish this. At the end of how of the how it should have ended, um, like, you know, I'm going to skip my question. Do you have any worries for um, Jurassic World three? Because at the end of how it should have ended, there we go. Where Ian Malcolm is like, "Welcome to Jurassic World." And then he gets, like, a letter saying, oh, wait, um, human beings have, like, a crap load of firearms. And, you know, the T-Rex at the end where it's roaring at the lion, a whole SWAT team comes down and just shoot, shoots down the T-Rex. And my worry for Jurassic World 3 is that that's going to be the whole movie in a nutshell, that the whole entire movie is just going to be human beings brutally murdering the dinosaurs in the third movie. So that's my big worry. Um, do you guys, are you guys worried at all for Jurassic World 3? And um, have you seen the how it should have ended? Um, sorry for how um, how lackluster this email or this um, <laughs> um, call came out. I lost my train of thought in the middle of it. But um, you guys do great work and uh, keep up the great work. Love the podcast. Love the Jurassic Wire. And uh, you guys have a nice day. Ethan, that was the best possible voicemail we could have played at the end of the mailbag because that's just how we roll. Like we were saying in the two or three hours ago. <laughs> that's yeah. just how we roll. We forget what we're saying constantly. So don't worry <laughs> yep. about it. Dude. And then we talk about something completely <laughs> different and never revisit the original topic. But then revisit it slightly and then straight away and then revisit it slightly again. And then, yeah. So that happens quite a bit. Um, and to, to disappoint you again, I have not watched how Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom should have ended. <laughs> I did watch this. I, like I don't like watching the. No, uh, we literally said the opposite thing at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like watching these kinds of things. I like them. I don't know. I mean, I don't take them seriously. They're funny and people hate on it, whatever. But I think they're funny. I like the honest trailers a little bit better than the how they should have ended. 
I don't think the Hadley should have read it is as funny as snarky, but um, I do like the Honest trailer. I laugh a lot. I know Josh gets mad at the Honest trailer, and he's like, oh, I hate that thing. And I, I think it's hilarious. I'm, I didn't listen to your Honest trailer. What do you think of the Honest trailer? I don't like it. I don't, oh, I don't like them ever. And, and the, the main reason I don't I like, like them is because they weaponize fandoms and, and communities and stuff like that. And they make people treat the movies very poorly when they don't necessarily deserve it, you know. And, you know, maybe it's not even just the community, but just movie fans in general will watch these and just be like, oh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom's garbage because of this video. You're like, they're yes. like, yeah, they're right. They're right. It is terrible because of this plot point and that plot point. Yes, I do agree that for the most part, they're supposed to be just in fun and just in jest. But I think that they do, you know, they're uh, divisive, venomize. They're, basically. They're, yeah, they're divisive. They, they, venom, they have a lot of venom in them and they weaponize them in a way that the community can take what they're saying and just spit it out to their friends and their family and anybody out there on the internet and just enforce the fact that maybe these movies stink, you know, like that just bugs me. I guess that's valid. That's valid. So that's Definitely. why I'm sure Josh hates it as well. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's probably most people do hate it. I guess I don't even consider that. Like I just, I really see them as a form of enjoyment and I don't even take it nearly as seriously as probably other people do or even think about it as far as yeah it's because there's negativity everywhere about all films i mean you're gonna have reviewers putting this film down right and left so why not a funny trailer too it's i mean you can't stop it now i don't know i think they're really funny i think they're clever i like the one for the i like the honest trailer for jurassic world i think it's hilarious i watch it once in a while for a laugh i like um the honest trailer for this one I was looking forward to actually because it's oh. it cracks me up and the how it should have ended I like but I don't love it like the other ones the how it should have ended is a little more I guess divisive I get the vibe of what you're saying more on that one um than the honest trailer for me but um so I don't remember so to answer his question I don't really remember the the how it should have ended as well to even comment on it because i just like watched it once and i was like oh. so i don't even remember that exactly but the honest trailer is so funny Ugh. i don't know i don't it know just, it, it hurts to me. it hurts to watch them for me because like because i i know I, the point of those videos is not to sit there and be like i have an answer for everything but i do have an answer for everything <laughs> that they bring up most things you yeah. know i can be like yeah there is an answer but maybe you had to read the DPG or maybe you had to just watch the movie a little bit longer or, or, you know, I don't know. There's always an answer, though, I feel like for those things. And I tend to not watch them and not not like them for that reason. But um, that's my thoughts. And I didn't watch this how it should have ended thing. But uh, he did mention that, like, you know, they just came up and just shot the T-Rex, I guess, um, and how he doesn't want that to happen in the future. Do you think anything uh, like that is going to happen? Know. Um, I honestly have no idea where we're going because I think we mentioned before coming out of Jurassic World, we thought we had an idea and then it just totally went like, what? Like when we first started hearing things like what a volcano, what, 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 what? Like we, it was just left field, left field completely. Now we're kind of adjusted, but I mean, they can do that again. They can go left field all over again and who even knows I wouldn't put it past them, honestly. I have no idea. And Colin keeps saying that this third movie is the movie he's wanted to make since the beginning. So maybe it's going to be full-on 
Dinosaurville and Planet of the Apes thing that people don't want. But I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. I feel like he backed himself in a corner. But ironically, yeah. this is where he wanted to go in the first place. So he himself didn't back himself in the corner at all. But to me, I'm like, I feel like he did. So I don't know what he's doing. Well, I don't know. I mean, it depends on if that's where he wanted to go, I guess. Uh, um, I, I don't I would love to see it, but I just feel like people will, you know, beat it down because it's the Planet of the Apes. And yeah, and people already have vengeance against Jurassic World. Um so if you do copy Planet of the Apes in that sense, people just be like, well, you have a better franchise in Planet of the Apes that had does did this for three movies. Why would why would they bother doing this? So that would bug me, you know, to hear that again with another well, honest trailer. Um, I know. I know. See the movie that had, you know, creatures <laughs> living with humans due to a virus that killed everybody off. But enough about Planet of the Apes, you know, like there would be something yeah, about yeah. it, and I'd be like, "Oh, come on!" But yeah, I, I don't know. I think that might be a route that they take, but I really don't want to see dinosaurs just be gunned down. That would be very brutal oh, to me. I, know. I really hate that. Um, but I feel like we might end up getting that in some sense because they mentioned it in this movie for sport hunting or something like that. He said. Um, I mean, one I of the don't know. To buy them, so I, I would really hope we don't see that in any sense. I don't know where this whole thing's going to end. Like, are they just going to kill all the dinosaurs and destroy everything, and then it will just end with no possibility for future dinosaurs? Or, I mean, I, I, tr- if, if Colin's been looking forward to this and he's had this in his mind since the beginning, I have to trust him that he, he's got a solid plan, and it won't be Planet of the Apes Part Two. It won't be anything like that it has i I gotta trust him that it's something original that he's wanted to do and that he has a really good idea for it's not like he was just gifted with a third movie and they're like okay figure something out now and he's like okay let me figure it out like he had this in mind for a long time and he's if it's gonna be a, a copying of something else it wouldn't be like you know the ultimate goal because it's already been done so i i trust him that it has to be something original and it could go totally left field. Like I said, we went totally left field on this one, and we could go totally left field again, and we wouldn't have any idea, like no clue where we're going. Do you think it's the conclusion of everything? I do. I do. I I don't think – if there's another one, if there's a Jurassic 7, I think it'll be so far in the future that it won't technically be a Jurassic 7. It'll be – its own movie, like what Star Wars did, kind of mm-hmm. like a reboot, sort of. But that was People Star called... Wars Seven, so it's a bad example. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know Star Wars. I'm guessing <laughs> because people call Jurassic World a reboot, and it's not a reboot at all. But I think if we well, get anything no, it after, is. it's not a remake. It's a reboot. Re... See, that's the difference. It, reboot... It's not either of those. Reboot it's is restarting the franchise, which is exactly it's a rebrand. What it it's a rebranded sequel, is what it is. Sure. <laughs> I don't think it's a remake or a reboot. It's a rebrand. See, reboot is just as simple as we're restarting it. And that's exactly what they did. It uh, well, doesn't mean I would any think, more than that. I would think rebooting would be erasing what happened before. No, that's a, that would be like you're going to remake it and, and erase everything. I think reboot and remake mean the same thing. Okay, no, audience. Definitely not. Definitely not. Jurassic Park pod audience, if you're still with us. 
three days after we started this podcast. What is your opinion on a reboot and a remake? I think they're the same thing, erasing what's prior. Brad says that they're different. I call it a rebrand. What re do you put? What word do you put after re to describe? I think you could definitely say rebrand because they, they're rebranding it. But that's it, – it's a uh, – I know a lot of people are saying like a legacy sequel. That's oh, a, my God. That's, that's a just term. a new word. It's dumb. Oh. I hate I hate that word, but people are using legacy. it. No, um, it's a rebranded sequel. It's still connected. It's not erasing anything. You're not really redoing anything. You're adding on to what was already done with a new title, new name. So it's a rebranded sequel. But hmm. back to the question. Yeah, what was hand. the question? Where are we? Um, I have no Jurassic, idea. If, if, oh. if we move on. Yeah, yeah. If we move on past six, um, then I would think you'd have to go the the remake, I guess you want to call it at this point, the remake uh-huh. route or the prequel route. So, I don't think you can continue. So, so ending the franchise, you have to end in a way that there's no possibility to recreate dinosaurs, right? Or I would think... Or you end in a way where dinosaurs and man coexist completely. See, this is going to be a tangent, but this is a good one. So we've had this interesting topic before of all our lives. It seemed like Jurassic Park has existed someplace because it was on an island and it's like it's moved with time. And then we don't live in California. So it's like maybe that did happen. It's possible to suspend belief that this is moving with time. And now at this point... Do you want it to match up with our reality or do you want dinosaurs running around everywhere? If they erased all traces of dinosaur production at the end of this franchise here, it would match up with our where we are right now because there are no dinosaurs running around and it, it could have been all kept in other locations. So it could have you could still suspend belief that the whole franchise did exist in real time someplace. That's interesting to me. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, because cause that would be – this is definitely a major separation point, right? Once mm-hmm. the dinosaurs are in, in the mainland and, and across the world, it's no longer reality. Yeah. You know? It's it's completely different. So that will be interesting to see what route they take. But in terms of like where – if it ends, you have to ha- – there has to be a conclusion of either dinosaurs living together and that's it. There, so at that point, cloning doesn't even matter anymore. Because dinosaurs are reproducing, they're doing all their own thing, they live, they, they're, they're fine. Out in the wild, maybe humans are around too. Uh, if, if, if you kill off the dinosaurs, you have to maintain that no dinosaurs will ever be created again, right? Or else you just start making movies again. Yeah, I, that's why I think it really has to end there. It has to all be... All be they should all be destroyed. But and... there is, what's, the, what's the way, though, that you if humans still are are alive what's the way that you stop them from making dinosaurs there is no way right i mean i don't know i mean there have i don't know i mean guessing you do it illegally clearly illegal is a thing um okay what gives me the idea that this is it is because they are i theoretically bringing in original cast members and it feels like they're wrapping this up it really feels like a wrapping up thing and I don't know. It feels like it, it. This is so bad to say, but it feels like it's it's timely. I don't want it to end, of course, ever. But I mean, it has to have some dignity here. Prequels and remakes, fine, but this six, I think, should be solid 
and book ended and if they're going to bring the originals back and finish it off which i really think they're going to do somehow um I, I that's why i think that this might be the last one for a long time at least yeah yeah i think so i i don't know how you end it though uh, aside from them um, living together or humans are completely killed off in some way because that would be one way to not stop to not uh, clone dinosaurs anymore um but if humans are alive and dinosaurs are not i see no reason why dinosaurs wouldn't be made again um even if you did all the you know the government inter- intervened and took care of everything it wouldn't matter like they would just make another basement under lockwood mansion and just you know create more um yeah i so. think actually you just echoed exactly um right someone asked bryce the exact question during this press tour um and you she said that exact thing that you can't someone's gonna get it somewhere someone's gonna find the information the research like you really cannot erase it from society now at all yeah so she's even said that yeah i don't know i don't know what the possibilities are but i feel like humans have to die off or they live peacefully together. And that's actually a pretty scary thought that you really can't erase that information. Like in the Jurassic world life universe, there's those those people like you cannot erase the idea of dinosaurs being alive. People will do it. It'll happen. That research is there. That's a scary thought. Like if we created something like that, it just won't go away ever. No. No. Yeah, you would never be able to get rid of it. That's a scary thought. So, I don't know. I I feel like there has to be an ultimate conclusion to something and somehow I I just yeah, don't know what it is exactly, but uh, I don't know. It, but I think that separation is is here, like right now where our realities, you know, veer off and we're different from the films. I think it has to be. It probably does. And that, that in a way makes me sad because I like the idea that we're growing up with Jurassic someplace, somewhere, and it's like not so outlandish yet. But at the same time, you have until those three years go by to wonder, well, did a lot of the dinosaurs get shot and killed initially uh, off screen? (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. But, you know, they could kill every single dinosaur that was released from the mansion that ran free and then still have to worry about all the ones that the companies bought or the DNA that's out there on the loose. They packed up dinosaur eggs. They packed up DNA. So there's still trouble, you know, and who knows where it's going, but, um, yeah, Dr. Wu didn't blow up. So we have something to worry about. (laughs) That's definitely a criticize. I have when those videos criticize that oh no toast a couple dinosaurs you can shoot them all and be fine it's the technology that's released is the danger Mm -hmm. more than anything yeah and colin did say i think it was colin said that uh, Maisie will play a big role in the sequel so uh, he said that in the the special features i think on the target disc um Mm -hmm. he said that she'll play a major role in the next movie so you know I don't know. Maybe maybe it's not about the the extinction of anybody aside from I don't know. Maybe it's not even about any of that stuff and it's more about the, the creation of something else. You know, the the ethical debate and and all that of cloning humans and where things go from there. I don't know. 
Yeah, I kind of like that. I like the ethical stuff. You know, I like those slow things. I like yeah. the, the discussion. So I like that stuff. I'll take it. Yeah, well, that's that's it. That's all we got. I am There it is. I have made it fully through Fallen Kingdom, and now I am on the scene <laughs> again because I turned it on again where Claire is going to meet Owen at the house uh-huh. as he's singing in the mountain range. So oh, you, you've done the ballet twice. I have. I've seen it twice, oh yes. <laughs> Blessed life you have there. This <laughs> has been two hours and 26 minutes at that very moment I just said that. Wow. I hope everybody that enjoyed it. Everybody, we know for sure now that people love the longer episodes. They've made it perfectly clear. I can't even believe that. How can they listen to this that long? How can they listen to us talk for that long? How can they listen to this? I don't there's know, no... honestly. I, I didn't know there's if I would have no... spoken that out loud, but yeah, I don't know how they're doing it. You guys, there's... I give you guys credit. If there's one person listening right now at the end here, oh my gosh. Good job. <laughs> Good job. I feel like we need like an Easter egg like at the very end for those who listened like I don't know like you get a special prize you know like we need like um another thing like the um the we survived party you know from was that last month I think right I think so that, yeah. that was, yeah, hilarious. was we need something more like that and, and then people are making that was funny. uh I think was that Lonnie I think um made that that, funny. that was so funny oh man and I've talked yeah, about that, that a lot recently me and like Arjun and and people were talking about the we survived party and then like everybody's dead that's the only way <laughs> that's how the next movie ends everyone's dead yeah no so one survived if you guys if you guys are uh listening to this at the end comment and tell us tell us you liked the episode and then hashtag it we survived yeah and then we'll know then we'll know if you really did truly listen if you're if if you're a, a huge fan of the mailbag we'll know hashtag we survived I hope one person does this. Yeah, there there will be. I think. Maybe. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. I don't know. That's crazy. So if but you awesome. do, if you do want to tweet that out, tweet it to Jen as well. Where can uh, where can everybody find you online? You could hashtag me. We survived at Jennifer underscore Lynn eighty nine, and I will like your tweet and tweet back. <laughs> uh, you can tweet. Um, to BDH Network, and I will not respond there, but I will respond on Jennifer Lynn 89. So you could tweet anywhere there, find me, and say we survived, and I will reward you with a tweet back, or not tweet you back if that's your reward, whichever. Yeah, well, either respond or not. So you got two options. Yeah. Uh, but we'll try to respond because we, we really like you guys and thank you so much. <laughs> if you want a response. I mean, if you don't want a response, then that, that's your reward. That's fine. If you don't want it, just hashtag it. No response. And uh, <laughs> we we'll know we'll get it. We'll yeah, <laughs> we'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe the hashtag we survived might need to be a thing from now on. Every episode. You made it through. If you made it. Wow. That's yeah. Yeah. So thanks for listening, everybody. See you in November? Oh November. My God. Oh my what? God. No. No. What? See you then, everybody. Thanks for listening. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Are you hearing this? 
Make sure to visit JurassicParkPodcast.com to find all of our past episodes, brand new news articles, information on how to contact us, and much more. It's a great source for everything related to the podcast and, of course, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Head to JurassicParkPodcast.com and help us build a great community. Anybody hear that? Thanks for listening to the 170th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Of course, a big thanks goes out to Jen for joining me for the October Jurassic Mailbag. Uh, you know, as always, we had an absolute blast. This one, you know, went as long as always. It's, it's ridiculous how long we end up recording. And I think I said it afterwards when we were done. I was at like the 30 minute mark and I'm like, uh oh, I hope we have enough. And yep, we did. We went two and a half hours. So I hope you enjoyed it just as much as we did. Don't forget to start calling in for the next Jurassic Mailbag. Call our voicemail line at 732 825 7763. Send us a voice memo to our email, JurassicParkPod at gmail.com, and message us via our contact form on JurassicParkPodcast.com. If you want to interact with us, we do most of our work over on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Jurassic Park Podcast, and our Instagram handle is at Jurassic Park Podcast. You can listen to us via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So make sure to subscribe to automatically get new episodes every week. If you haven't already, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It will seriously help out our rankings and make it easier for Jurassic fans like you to find us. Don't forget to check out JurassicParkPodcast.com to find everything you heard here today. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, comments, or if you want to debut a segment of your own, send them to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com, or you could submit questions directly on our website contact form. If you'd like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it in an upcoming episode. If you don't have any way to record, you can give our voicemail line a call and leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.